Yes, yes, yes. All right, we are live, back in action from the NFL scouting combine to the free agency front line. Players are looking to shine as GMs get in the right mind and try to find the guys to get behind and join the grind. It's 7 o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday, which means it's third and three podcast time, getting ready to dig deep into the trenches while others watching from the benches. The third and three podcast proudly presented by the sports column and brought to you by third and three podcast.com. Get on over to the site and march into the madness with us by simply clicking and creating your bracket for free with the winner. Again, receiving a prize on behalf of the third and three squad. Okay, let's get it going. Let's introduce the crew, someone who's got a lot to do, but stays cool and won't be played for a full so you best not challenge her to a duel. Tricky Nikki gets what <laughs> That is some opening. You that for me. I need Doesn't it in the morning. Hi, girl. Yeah, I need it in the mornings. <laughs> no doubt. Morning, evening, night, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And, yep. you know, the man who always has a plan. He flows like a fan and he hits hard like an armored caravan. He can do it, but none of y'all can. The real deal, Damian Adams. What's up, kiddo? <laughs> Appreciate the intro, man. Like I said, man, you always make me sound so good, man. I got to live up to the expectations after the intro, bro. You do, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. You don't, get, you don't get these intros unless you deserve them, you know? Just like exactly who I'm about to introduce right now, the man of the hour, today's special guest was the ninth overall selection in the 1990 NFL Draft by the Miami Dolphins. He blocked and protected Dan Reno's blind side until number 13 retired. He's battled football legends like Bruce Smith and consistently won those battles. 118 consecutive games started and made the Pro Bowl seven years in a row. In 2006, inducted into the Miami Dolphins honor role. He's a two-time first-team All-Pro and also a member of the all-1990s, all-decade team. What a resume. I give you one of the best left tackles I have ever seen in my life, Mr. Richmond Webb. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. What profit is Trick Nikki and the real deal, my man Damien. How y'all doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're so happy you could come on with us for a little bit. We appreciate Absolutely. it. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. I mean, the sports profit got it hyped up, got the music rolling in the background. And so, <laughs> you know, I'm rolling yep. with you guys. Y'all got it going. I like it. You know, we do, baby. That's it. Third and three rolling all the way. We got it all. Every Wednesday night, we are here, and we are lucky enough again to have Richmond Webb with us unbelievable guy and we got a lot to talk about with him we're going to spend as much time and get as much in as we can with him and of course we got more to go but look we're going to talk about aaron Rodgers, russell wilson carson wentz to washington there's more to talk about with free agency we got knowledge with nikki coming up later we also got a lot of cool more segments coming up um i mean we're going to go over free agency like i said but really i mean there's a couple of things that we're going to have you guys laughing at like our four favorite um characters of all time movie characters of all time we're going to talk about the afc east needs we're going to start breaking each division down all right so that's how it's going to go that's how we're going to flow and we're going to start doing it right now right off the bat so you know what nikki let's start it off let's get my man richmond in over here let's uh let's see let's see if we can pick his brain what's going on 
<laughs> yes. Okay. So my first question is coming from a friend of mine who was so excited to hear that you're coming on the show. I said I would ask this on behalf of him and probably everybody else. What was it like going up against Bruce Smith Ooh. twice a year? All those years. <laughs> I, I wish I could say it was a piece of cake, but uh, <laughs> I, I wish. But yeah, y'all, y'all know I'd be, uh, y'all be trying to drug test me if I said that. But um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, that was the toughest guy I had to go against uh, by far. Um, but you know, when you face guys like that, they normally bring the best out of you. So um, it was sixty minutes of hell, and having to play the guy two, sometimes three times a year, where both of us making the playoffs. Um, it was definitely a test, but I always look forward to the challenge because you always want to see how you do against the best. But by far, Bruce Smith was the toughest guy that I had to go against. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could only imagine uh, going against somebody who ended his career with that many sacks, like trying to keep him away from Dan Marino, how tough that had to be. Uh, when you look back at your NFL career, uh, what is it that you missed the most about playing in the NFL? And what is it when you look back that you're like, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore? <laughs> I'm glad. First thing I'm glad I don't have to do is uh, when Coach Shu was there, we had a 12-minute run. And then I think when when uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson came, we had to do the 16-110. One, so all that conditioning, I'm glad. glad that, so, I mean, that's something you got to do to get in shape for the season that um, – I definitely don't want no more parts of that. But I think the thing that I truly miss is the camaraderie in the locker room, being around the guys, you know, joking, um, you know, everybody going through it. Nobody wants to go through training camp. It's the necessary process to get ready for the season, to try to achieve the type of goals that you want to achieve. And we always had high expectations. And then, you know, learning from playing with guys like Dan Marino, Duper Clay when I first came in, um, surrounded by greatness, and those guys set the example and kind of, you know, we had to fall in line. Me, Keith Sims had to fall in line. Um, you were this way or you won't be around long. So um, just having great leadership already in place with a great coach, this and that, I miss that. But just the camaraderie, you know, my old teammates and stuff like that. So I always look forward to alumni weekend. I get to see a lot of those guys there. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. I definitely hear that. That's that's a common answer. You know, it, it's being with the boys in the locker room and stuff like that, joking around, plane rides home, especially after a win. Yeah, I get it. No doubt about it. Uh, man, there's so many things that, you know, I can go over and ask you. Um, But I was curious, one thing that popped in my mind, like, you know, players, you know, throughout the career and especially a career like yours where you're going up against, so, again, Bruce Smith and so many different battles and Dan Marino's your quarterback. Can you name more? Can you think about a moment or two? that has stood out to you in your career, whether you were playing on the field or something that happened off the field that really stood out, whether in a really positive way or maybe something you didn't like so much? I think, uh, like I said, you know, when I first came in playing with those guys and uh, I think one of the things that, that truly stuck out was, I believe it was the Monday night game. And this was, it had to be my rookie year. Uh, I think we went to Cleveland the old Cleveland at the dog pound where they would be right on top of us. And I remember we ended up winning that game, but we had to run the two minute and typically during preseason, I can't remember really running it because you know, you work on certain aspects of your offense and that at different times and stuff like that. But the first time actually 
going through an actual two-minute drill with Damari. I mean, we practice and practice it. Game speed is something totally different. And uh, watching him, Duper and Clayton get on the same page. And, I mean, we zipped down there and scored a touchdown. And, like, it was less than a minute. And I know the fans, they always say, why can't you do that all the time? Where if you score that quick all the time, uh, <laughs> right. your defense wouldn't get any rest, whatever. But I think I was kind of like, I know we did it, but I couldn't believe we actually did it that quick, you know, because it's just coming from Texas A&M where I played, you know, we ran the option football. We just banged it out. So okay. if we had to score like that, that that wasn't the norm. But to see them get on the same page and they didn't even have to come back to the hole. They was making contact. It was almost like playing Sandlock football in the park, but they knew what each other was thinking and, and still executed. And, and the precision and stuff like that. And you could even see Dan raise his level of play. You know, he gets licking the fingers and stuff like that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 he completed a pass. The next thing you know, we drop back. And now we got to try to sprint, get up to the line for the next one. I was like, man, but it, it was no, um, I don't know how to express it, but to get that feeling to score actual touchdown to win the game. I mean, you just – you're on a complete high, but then you get spoiled because you kind of get used to doing that with Dan Marino because he yeah, yeah. so many times in the year. But the first time really stuck out in my mind was when that actually happened. I like that. That's good. Yep, because you know, you're talking about team right there. I like that a lot. And, um, you know, Mike Patton, uh, one of our good friends at the show, uh, saying, yeah, you got plenty of stories to tell in the trenches. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. And uh, that's going to be one of my next ones coming up uh, for you because these guys know I'm all about uh, the line of scrimmage, baby. But, uh, Nikki, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> so, Richmond, where did you hate to play the most? Their stadium that you just hated going to, hated playing? It would probably be the Jets um, going to the Meadowlands. And the yeah, Jets so. is one of those teams you could basically throw out the record and just say we could start the season off 4-1 or whatever, go play the Jets, and you would swear we were 0-5 teams. I mean, <laughs> whatever could go wrong would go wrong against the Jets. Or if they were subpar team, they would always get up for us and, I always we just that that was one of the places and I always, I'll never forget I think it was uh, Fireman Bill or whatever the guy that leads the the chance. Oh right, Fireman Ed, yeah, oh, right. yeah. yeah he's wearing me out. Yeah, he, he yeah, I was like, <laughs> get up there and knock him off the guy's shoulder and tell him to sit down somewhere. But, <laughs> I mean, Jersey was that that was probably one. I mean, I knew they hated us in Buffalo, but at times I like going to going to play in both. Even though we didn't win, we normally played really well up there. So, but yeah, Jersey, the Meadowlands against the Jets. I, I didn't yeah, that, that, that was one place that it just seemed like if something could go wrong, it would always go wrong that, that, that game or whatever. So, oh, God, not to bring up bad memories, but that Monday night game, Richmond, huh? I didn't bring it up, but you did. And you just told me don't bring it up. How about that? <laughs> I feel all bad, man. I, yeah, I feel terrible. You know I remember about that game, um, um, it was, you know, in Miami they had uh, 99.1, um, I think it was 99 Jams was the radio station. And they had a guy, uh, comedian Marvin Dixon, actually blew up to be pretty big or whatever, but 
he had came up with a deal that the Dolphins actually won the game on Monday but lost on Tuesday because I believe that game went overtime. <laughs> oh, and, you know, I was just like, man, we <laughs> – I, I had to laugh. It was funny, but it wasn't funny. I thought yeah, no, right. <laughs> no, at the time it's not funny. Yeah, maybe <laughs> years later. Yeah, you got us. Yeah, you got us. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. And, yeah, we got a comment from uh, Mike Patton. He's saying that AstroTurf in the Meadowlands had to be play, like playing on concrete. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think the 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 back the Astrodome when the Oilers used to play, that was probably the worst, and um, I went to Philadelphia one time. I think the Ast- the Astrodome was probably the worst, but I remember Philly was pretty bad, where you could see the the scene kind of coming loose or whatever you would trip on. Oh, God. Um, but oh, God. you know, I played on. Um, the funny thing about it was when I was in college, we played practice on um, AstroTurf. This and that never had an issue with it. Came to Miami, we started practicing on grass, and I can't remember where we went to play the turf game. My knees and everything was aching, and I used to hear guys say, man, I don't like astral turf, but I guess when I was in college, my body was just kind of conditioned to, to uh, practice and playing on it, and I was like, no, man, I like it. It's kind of springy, this and that, and I got on that, that good ground down there in South Florida and went somewhere, and I was like, now nah, I understand about the turf, and it, it gave me a whole uh-huh. Yeah, yep. it does. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And the NFL just finished their combine this past week. What was the process like for you back then going through the pre-draft process? Well, the good thing is, you know, everything is, is so much more media coverage now that it was, um, man, it was like being, from what I remember, it was like being cattle, ran through a stockyard or something. I can remember, <laughs> I remember we came in this room and, you know, they take your heights and waist, they have you stretch your arms out, and, you know, they examine your physique, this and that. And then the thing that that really makes you sore was back then you would go through probably five or six of the same examinations. So you have a team of doctors of five or six over here, this and that. And everybody's yanking on you and this and that, just trying to make sure, you know, your knees are good, this and that. And by the time you go through that fight, you're like, man, you wonder why you sore, but you did, this, <laughs> did the same examination five, six times. But um, I can just uh, – I remember running the 40. I think some of the drills might be a little different now, but um, it was definitely a place that you wanted to test well and perform well because um, – it's so much weight put on the combine, how you, you know, how you come out, how you test this and that. And so it definitely, definitely helped me along with playing in the senior bowl. It helped me really move up into the top 10 spot in the draft. So um, it was, it was actually a blessing for me, but I, I remember it. I was glad I tested well and got on out of there. But um, yeah, still the same place, Indianapolis. That's where we had to go to. It's amazing. All these years. I wonder if they'll ever change that. Yeah, that's a conversation for another day. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, look, I mean, you were already a top 10 pick. Uh, but yeah, if anything, yeah, I guess the combine did help out, man. Uh, you know, being drafted ninth overall, which is, you know, amazing, <laughs> given all the great players that are out there. Um, speaking of some great players or maybe very good player, uh, Tua uh, Tugavailoa, we're going to go to you, Miami Dolphins right now. Um, I have a two two part question for you. Okay. One, 
I'd like to hear your thoughts about Brian Flores. Um, we all love him on the show, and we're glad that he has a job right now. And, of course, he's got the lawsuit going on at the same time. But we're all good with that. So just kind of prefacing that a little bit. And then also I just wanted to get into your thoughts about now Mike McDaniel coming over from my 49ers being the head coach and Tua being the quarterback. And if you think that's going to work, given the cap space that they have. Yeah. Um, um, speaking of Brian, Brian Flores, Coach Flores, you know, ton of respect for him. Met him um, his first year there. Um, and they came to Dallas to play, and I drove up for the game, so I watched the Dolphins play against the Cowboys. They lost. But um, even toward the end of the first year, to go through a complete rebuild, and I think they won like maybe five games the first year. Hmm. And in the second year, to come in and, and produce a winning season and you one game from making it to the playoffs, we lost Buffalo. It was a blowout, but we lost Buffalo that last game. Yeah. And to – start out like one and seven and then have guys not lose the locker room, but to, you know, put eight, a string of eight wins together consecutively, you know, before you lose another game, that's, that's pretty awesome. So um, I have a ton of respect for coach Flores. I think he changed the culture, the mentality. I think we were headed in the right direction. I think um, he really solidified the defense and the thing we had to do was, kind of get the offense on a more consistent basis to complement our defense. And we were headed in the right direction. But um, to be honest, I didn't think he would get another job in the NFL once he came out and sued the um, NFL. So I was happy to see that he landed in Pittsburgh, you know, yeah. uh, just the head coach, quarterbacks coach. I think he's a great coach. I think he's got a lot to um, contribute to the game to help to continue to develop players and become for them to become, you know, really successful at the craft they want to do. But uh, I was really happy about that. And then of course we know about the student stuff like this. So I was kind of like a black eye on the um, Dolphins. Dolphins. Anytime anything negative come out, I'm not saying it's true or not, but you got to go through that process. And then uh, they were able to hire coach McDaniel from, you know, your 49ers, which I thought was a, a great pickup. Um, and basically, um, I think he has high expectations for uh, Tua. And I think what he really does well is offense is his side of side of the football. So um, to work with a young quarterback like that and then help complement and design uh, plays or to his strengths rather than just trying to get a guy to fit into a certain system. Mm. I think that is excited, so I'm looking forward to it. I really like Coach McDaniel and the way he's interacting with the fan base and embrace South Florida. I think it was – I thought it was a great choice after replacing Coach Flores. All right, nice. Yeah, I'm down here in South Florida, so um, I partially do root for Miami in a way. There's, there's no oh, doubt. We're going to have to change that, brother. No, no, no. You see what's going on behind me over here? No, no, no. I can't do it. I can't do it. We ain't got to be your NFC team. We can be your AFC. I'm cool with that. That I'm cool with. I'm, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. I'm down. <laughs> You know, so, sometimes I got to school Miami Dolphin fans down here, to be honest with you, be like, you know, you guys got a pretty damn good team. They're all like, no, nah, no, nah, nothing. They're all about the Hurricanes all the time, man. Yeah, and, they, they, love, they love you down there, bro. They love, yeah. That's all about you. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, go ahead, Nick. Uh, well, speaking of South Florida, where is your favorite spot in Miami? My favorite restaurant, hotel, place to hang out? 
I lived uh, when I lived. I lived in Miami Lake, so I was pretty close to Shula Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. But um, like Joe's Crab Crab Shack, oh yeah, like that down there on South Beach. But um, man, they got so many good places to eat down there. It's just um, this uh, place on Miami River. I'm trying to think of the name, but they they got the uh, it's a seafood place. Look, look at my look at my phone right quick. Uh, <laughs> I think. <laughs> But uh, man, it is really that's one of my favorite places now. Uh, Are you, st- you still go there? Oh yeah, I just went the last time I was there. Love it. Uh, I'm definitely it? gonna have to go next time I go down there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna give you the name of it. Hold on, I'm give you the name of it. I'm trying to find it too. Actually, while we're going, yeah. <laughs> field trip. Been out a couple. Is it? Uh, not Flanagan's. It's called, no, it's called Garcia's Seafood Grill and Fish Market. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And I think Nat Moore recommended that place to me and a few years back, and I've been going every since. They take the whole, like, a red snapper, yellowtail snapper, and, and fry it, and you got good drinks, everything. So it's, and it's mm-hmm. right on the water, so you, you'll like it. Yeah, you'll like it. That, you see, this guy's Miami all the way. There you go. <laughs> Got to be all dressed up. So, yeah, it's good food. You'll like it. No doubt. I like that. Now, uh, we just talked about how, you know, the pre-draft process, how crazy it can be. What was your welcome to the NFL moment your rookie year? My, <laughs> my welcome was before my rookie year. I'm telling you where I messed up at. Um <laughs> I was so hyped, you know. I got drafted by the Dolphins, so now it's like a uh, uh, going to the Oscars or something like that. It wasn't that way when I got drafted. You know, a few players went to New York, this and that. I was at home, my family. I was in Dallas, but I had cameras there at my home, and uh, so I got drafted by the Dolphins. And so what happened was after the draft, uh, after I got drafted, later on, like the five o'clock news, they wanted me to come down to the NBC station to for the NBC affiliate. I believe it was NBC in, in Miami. So, you know, you hyped up this and that. So I go down there and uh, talking to the guy and the guy asked me a question. He said, um, hey, what do you think about Coach Shula, this and that? And so growing up in Dallas, I was a big Cowboys fan, but I knew about Coach Shula because held him in high regard, like with Tom Landry, you know, it, it was old school, but you know, that was just, I, I knew about him and he played on Monday Night Football. And uh, I said, yeah, it looked like he wore shades and, you know, he got a nice tan. He's been pretty cool. And so <laughs> my offensive line said, boys, he in for a rude awakening. And then I get there, mini camp, uh, uh, right after mini camp, and we had to run a 12-minute run. And then just, man, if you messed up, you know, it didn't matter if you were seven foot or 5'2", you know, he would just get all over you, this and that. So, what my perception was, what I saw on TV was totally different. And that, from that, I chose my words carefully after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, that's the thing that sticks out right there. There you go. That's good. That's good. Oh, man. Yeah, so I, we know that you spent most of your career with, with the Dolphins, obviously, but you did spend a couple of years in Cincinnati, you know, at the end of your career, and they just went to the Super Bowl. So I don't know how much harder stock you got into it. Um, but regardless, um, 
again, these guys know I keep I they, they're nauseous when I talk about it. The line of scrimmage, the line of scrimmage. You got to win in the trenches, even though they know it's true. They're just tired of me saying it. So <laughs> we've we saw what happened in the Super Bowl, or even against the game of the, the Titans, nine sacks, seven sacks in the Super Bowl. Got to have offensive line. Now, I'm not saying they made the wrong decision by getting Jamar Chase because we can, you know, we see what he can do. But I don't know when people are going to really learn that that's where you win the game. The ball starts at the line of scrimmage and the Bengals are going to have to do something if they're going to move forward. Now, real quick, I look at them as a, a pretty good team, not a great team. I think that they had a little bit of luck. No, they were, they're good, but they didn't score a ton of points <clears throat> in the playoffs this year. Um, their defense kind of overachieved. I think that's why they signed Jesse Bates and, and Hubbard and Hendrickson and keeping all these guys. So, the way that they're going to have to move forward, obviously, because they're going to have to pay players soon, is either by drafting really well or getting offensive linemen to go there. So what are your thoughts on that for Cincinnati going forward as a team, knowing they got Burrow, Mixon, Chase, you know, for a long time? Do you think that they can be consistent with all those other AFC quarterbacks? And now you add Russell Wilson into the mix. Well, you add that and, and you know, even with a young quarterback like Joe Burrow, I mean, not this past year, but the year before, you know, had the major knee injury where he, you know, tore his knee up. And yeah. I, I think the thing you look at, like you say, you surrounded him, like you said, with, with Mixon, Chase, he has weapons and stuff, but you got to give that guy protection. And I think everybody knows that um, the quarterback position, the type of staff man once they prove themselves, um, you got to protect your investment. So, so I definitely think they will be going out um, either via free agency or in the draft and trying to address the, the offensive line. You got you got to do it. And I, I think they know that. I think Miami knows that, and I think Coach McDaniel knows that. So um, I think both teams. You're gonna have yeah. to be even with just a ton of great quarterbacks in the AFC. So. If you want to continue to make it to the playoffs and have a shot to go to the Super Bowl, like you said, even with Cincinnati, they kind of hit a hot streak and they did things that people didn't expect them to do, but they, they got – and they started believing and, and they went through through the playoffs and made it to the Super Bowl, but it showed up against when you got um, Aaron Donald and, and you got, um, you know, great pass rushes, Von Miller, guys like that, yeah. like a really – Rough them. You, you got to have some guys that can kind of protect and stuff like that. So, yeah, you you on point with that right there. Nah, no doubt, sure. no doubt. And uh, Jason just mentioned how later in your career you switched from Miami to Cincinnati, and you went from protecting one type of quarterback to a totally different type of quarterback. How does that change your job as offensive lineman when you have a different quarterback back there? Yeah, it was you know it was a different uh, scheme. Uh, had a running back by the name of Corey Dillon. Um, yeah. I mean, he was a beast. I mean, just really ran the football really, really well. I mean, um, and then I think they also signed John Kidna and Gus Rock. We all came in at the same time. So um, I think the thing with um, Cincinnati, which I think Marvin Lewis, it was right before I left, Marvin came in, but he actually did kind of what Coach Flores did for for the, uh, the office, he did that for the Bengals. He changed the culture. And I can remember some of the veterans that came in with me, we would always talk because when you looked and you practiced with these guys, they had just as much talent as anybody in the NFL. But it was 
changing their mindset because a lot of them, if something bad happened in the game, they always expected it, you know, to just steamroll and and it just continued to get worse. And a lot of times they could possibly pull out a game, but if something happened bad, it had happened so many times and before that you had to, you know, reset the mindset. So they had talent and, you know, that's some things we talked about. And I think it started with, um, I wasn't there with Marvin Lewis, but Dick LeBeau was my head coach. And he started mm-hmm. with veterans from teams that, you know, had been to the playoffs and that to kind of infiltrate that and change the culture that, hey, you know, yeah, we can pull out some of these games and this and that. And I think that's where it started. But uh, great fan base. Uh, that's one thing I could appreciate up there. They hadn't been to the playoffs. I got there in 2001. They probably hadn't been since maybe like 89 or 90. But they love their Bengals and they're showing up every game and rooting regardless of the record and stuff like that. So uh, it was a great place to play football. Just I mean, man um, base, and, and they treated me well up there. So um, it was a good two years for me. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Hey, look, I know you, you got to run in a minute or two over here. Um, <clears throat> I just got to say uh, really quickly, a few weeks ago, uh, I believe it was the day after the Hall of Fame induction, I'm listening to Jason Taylor on the radio, and for no reason apparently at all, he just brought up your name and was raving about you, uh, you and Zach Thomas in particular. And, you know, I went over your career, man, and, you know, we're not going to harp on this. I mean, you're all 90s decade team. I don't really know what else you have to do, but you're going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. I know that. Like, again, a guy like Sam Mills, may he rest in peace, just yeah. got in late. But, you know, you're going to be in one day, and I can't wait for that day to happen. I just think that sometimes they are overlooking offensive linemen for some reason or another. But your career just – Again, seven straight Pro Bowls and everything like that. I just want you to know the day is coming, man, and I'm going to celebrate it when it happens. I, I, you know, I appreciate it. And, and, you know, you're right. Some guys get in early, some it takes take a little while. Um, it's just you can't put everybody in at one time. And I think yeah. a lot of times um, when it's guys you're rooting for to get in there, um, sometimes they get – they start to get the attention because they really are deserving of being in there, but they can only put so many in at a time. So as long as you still have people mentioning your name and, and putting you in the conversation, you got a shot. Um, yeah. I respect for Jason, even when he gave his Hall of Fame speech, he mentioned me and yeah. so, uh, I definitely appreciate that. And uh, no I, like you said, it's just, it just takes time. So I appreciate that. Yeah, but well, uh, it's uh, it. I, I mean it again. I I saw your career. I watched you play. I I knew again. You going up against guys like Bruce Smith, like we said about, and you know having great battles with him. And again, it's just something that sometimes, yep, yeah, we got to wait for it. But uh, I know it's going to happen, bro. You are absolutely a Hall of Famer. There is no question. So we're all behind you on that one, man. And again, I know you got to go, but you got things that are going on. So if you want to tell the people about it, you know where they can find you, you know, I know you're appearing on different podcasts and stuff like that. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, um, on Twitter, I'm Richmond Webb, Facebook, Richmond Webb. And uh, I think somebody actually had <laughs> my name, which surprised me on Instagram. I'm just still kind of learning Instagram, but on Instagram, at the real Richmond Webb is my um, Instagram name. All right. And then uh, uh, did a couple podcasts um, uh, inside the NFL with um, Reason and Ball Game. 
And um, you can find that on Twitter as well, or Facebook. And we spell Pinside, P-H-I-N-S-I-D-E. And then I did, uh, I guess, a little pilot with uh, one of my ex-teammates, Miami guys with Kick and Ties. And that was with Robert Wilson. We did that one last year. So we'll see. Oh. Right so that's excellent. Thing now, that was just during the college football season. So did that. And uh, so we'll see. But other than that, that's it, brother. I'm going to get into my little garden and stuff. I planned my seeds this weekend. And that's it. All right. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, again, man, great having you. Really, we all appreciate it so much you being on. Hopefully we could do it again down the road because we know you have the wisdom, the knowledge, and we we love it. We we can eat it up all day long, Richmond. So, you know, again, thanks so much for being on third and three, man. We really appreciate it. And we'll talk down the line. Hey, sounds good. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you, Miss Nikki. All right. Um, thank you. Deal, deal. Um, Sports private. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. And definitely we'll do it again. It sounds like absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Have a good one. All right. Richmond Webb, everybody. Wow. Absolutely excellent to have him on. Uh again, should be in the Hall of Fame. That's no joke. We're not just blowing smoke. I mean, this guy's like I I don't understand. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't get it. He his name is he, he he is one of the it's like top five snubs every single every single time. It's like, well, if he's a snub like top five every time, then put him in already. I mean, let's go. So, you know, I again, think it should be automatic. Like, if you're on an all decade team, that should just hmm. be like automatic. Like, okay, this guy was the best for an entire decade. decade. Yeah. All decade. I mean, come on. What else do you want? <laughs> you yeah. know, two, uh, you know, all first team all pros, uh, two second team all pros. Forget about it. The guy's resume is great. The only thing missing is the Super Bowl, and that's not his fault. You know, yeah, that's no, it. Not not yeah. So uh, that was great to have him on. Absolutely excellent. Love it. Love it. Love it. And there's so much more to talk about. My God. Wow. We didn't even get into like, like so much of the meat of what there is, guys. But we got so much to go here. Oh, yeah. No, it's been Ooh, a crazy are... couple of days. <laughs> uh, I did my podcast yesterday and it was supposed to be an NBA episode. I was supposed I... to talk about, <laughs> about basketball <laughs> and I couldn't. No uh, time for it. Took over. <laughs> No time for it whatsoever, yeah. man. Oh, man. Uh, Richmond thanking us on Twitter, and we thank him again. Uh, just great job. Great job. Um, all right. So let's uh, talk about a little free agency action and things that are, you know, players who have been signed so far and everything like that. But we'll do a little freaky free agency, which is brought to you by Meatworks. You like steak? I like steak. If you don't, if you're a vegetarian or you ain't got no damn teeth, Meatwork has the highest quality meat cuts produced by American farmers. Other than their fiery flavor, the best part about Meatworks is that you can go online and customize your own box or choose from one of their curated boxes and get 10 to 20% off USDA prime beef, baby. Hey, sometimes we get lazy and we're hungry. Take care of that. No problem, man. Without getting to the grocery store. Shipping is free. Just bring your meat loving lips over to the third and three podcast and get your meaty discount online and delivered to your home by Meatworks. All right. So freaky free agency brought to you by Meatworks. Here we go, guys. The players and the deals done so far. Let's go over a few of the big ones. Nikki. We're not going to have to talk about it for a long time. So we'll let you kick it off. Aaron Rodgers getting a whole bunch of money front-loaded so they can sign other players and 
That's the thing to me. Um, I think that he's coming back not just because of Devontae Adams and other players. I think they got in mind that they're going to go get another wide receiver. And I'm thinking maybe Allen Robinson, as crazy as it sounds. But what do you think? Aaron Rodgers back for four years. Will he be there for four years? Probably not. But what are your thoughts? I think your read was fantastic. That is a read that, like, you know what? <laughs> These radio stations need to hire you to write them. Um, oh, boy. That's what I think. Let him hear it. Let him hear it, Nikki. Tell him. I don't care about Aaron Rodgers. We did all this hoopla, all this, you know, if, fan, what, maybe, this and that, just so you were going to resign. Okay, we know you were. You're an attention whore. Just admit it and move on. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, that's it. But you know what? I guess he, he moved on quicker, and he kind of kept his word. He le- kept us lagging around a little bit, D. But, you know, uh, for came franchise tag time, he went ahead, signed the contract, knowing they were going to tag Devontae Adams. And knowing that, again, I think they got bigger plans coming up, they're going to have to do something else on offense for him because they've blown it the past couple of years, the whole Jordan Love thing, as we know. I think that they're going to go find a wide receiver for him. And we'll talk about free agency wide receivers in a few minutes over here. But that's what I think. And that's what's going to have to put them over the hump. Otherwise, they're going to have another tough game in the playoffs against a tough defense. And they're not going to be able to pull it out. Yeah, they definitely can use help with another elite receiver. But their big thing is special teams. That's why I lost to you guys. Yeah, you (laughs) Was the special teams. Like if the special teams was just okay and not horrible, they probably win that game. Mm. Uh, so for the fact they have to make sure that's better. I don't know if it comes down to coaching or just having better players on special teams, what exactly it is. It's usually coaching. Yeah, true. Usually it is because everybody's special team's talent is usually the same. You'll have a few standouts here and there when it comes to different, like you might have a standout gunner here or there, but it's only a few of those in the league. Yeah, they're not ready. Yeah, not. most teams have the same amount of talent on special teams. So it comes down to is your special team's coach good or not? You know who they hired to just to tell you real quick, um, and I didn't yeah. even know this. Um, the uh, the Raiders uh, filling head coach last year, Rich Bisaccia. Okay. That's what they hired for the special teams coach, which I find, I mean, that's very low town grade for being a head coach for half the season. But nevertheless, yeah. uh, that's where he is. So maybe they will help. Maybe maybe that will help, and that will get them together. Allen Robinson alongside Devontae Adams, that would be just nasty. <laughs> just just crazy uh if he gets yeah i'm laughing at the comment from paul there but yeah. he, <laughs> but it would be absolutely crazy if al robinson gets to sign with them alongside Devontae adams there's no there's nothing on offense that you need at that point uh their offensive lineman you're getting a little older so maybe you have some depth there that you would add but it all comes down to can they have their special teams come through. Their defense was pretty good last year. Aaron Rodgers also has to come through in these big moments. If you go sure. back to the year before last against Tampa Bay, they probably should have won that game. Aaron Rodgers was part of the reason they didn't win that game the year before last. So he has this money. Uh, his, I would guess it would be called posturing. His posturing for this this contract extension came through. Uh, it's I'm, I'm with Nikki. It was all just for the attention. Yeah. All of because the thing is, it wasn't necessary. If you look at the way he played the last two years, all the extra stuff he was doing wasn't necessary. You won the MVP back-to-back. We're not going to let a back-to-back MVP just walk. You no. mean, like you proved yourself on the field. So no. all this other stuff was just unnecessary. So I'm glad it's over. I'm with Nikki on that. Let's just move on. And now it's can he win a Super Bowl before his time is up. And they have everything around him to do it. He has a good coach. They've been winning 13 games. 
on repeat. So they, they definitely know what to do and how to do it. Just have to get over that hump and let's see if they can do that now. Now, I think Rodgers had his mind made up at least after that cleansing period, if not before. I'm, I'm pretty sure he knew what he was doing and he had talked to his teammates, especially Devontae Adams, and knowing that they're staying and they signed Aaron Jones. I think he's known for a while, but he wanted to play his little game and let Pat McAfee announce everything. So there you go. So Aaron Rodgers staying four years, $200 million, 153 of it guaranteed. Uh, that's just sick. Even, I mean, even, that's, even that's a drama story. He's like, oh, we haven't should, done I, the whole details yet. We yeah. Those insiders yeah. know the details, man. It's going to be like, oh, it wasn't 200. It was four years, 199.5 million. It's going to be something stupid <laughs> like that where they didn't have it exactly correct and he had to correct these. Oh, God. <laughs> he just wants to be highest paid player. That's all he cares about, apparently. Well, I would hope he would care about a ring because going back to Green Bay, Best path for him. Uh, you got the Rams over there. Let's see if the 49ers will pick it up in the second half of the season. I don't know if Dallas is going to do anything. Philly, if they'll come back around. But I don't know. You know, and we got quarterbacks to talk about and see who's going to fill in. Because there are a lot of good teams around that don't have a quarterback. So we'll get to that in a few. But Russell Wilson, Nikki, going to Denver. We thought, or at least we speculated, that Aaron Rodgers would be going to Denver because of Nathaniel Hackett. But it's Russell Wilson and... I think it's fantastic. We're talking about AFC West Division with Mahomes, Herbert, Wilson, and Carr. I mean, there's going to be battles all throughout the year. It's going to be great. He's on the kind of team that he was on when he started with the Seattle Seahawks. So I think they have a great chance of doing well. A Super Bowl? I don't know because there's so much great competition. But what do you think of the move? No, I think it's a fantastic move. I think it's going to be highly entertaining. I think Denver's going to be a good fit. Like I said, they have a really young defense, so I think they're just going to get better from here. they got to work out some kinks on the offense, but ultimately I am so sad because I just had this little shred of hope that maybe he would come oh. to the Giants, but mm -mm. no. But you no. know what? I'm not mad at Denver. You know, Hopefully they'll, uh, they'll have a good year, but I think it's a great move, and wow. Like, the, you know, I don't even know. The AFC just sucks. Oh, my gosh. That's got to catch up. They have got to catch up. Yeah, we were talking about the great quarterbacks they had deep before that, and now you had Russell Wilson into the mix. And you know, Paul saying over here, Roger will have more money than you. Jesus gave away all his money, so that's why he, you know, like, he wins over there anyway. But I love that. I mean, he is so rich, there's no doubt. But Russell Wilson also, I mean, look, they gave up two – Denver, two first-round picks, two second-round picks. Um, no offense. Uh, they give up. Right. Um, who else? Shelby Harris and uh, Drew Lock. And, and Drew Lock. Right. Thank you. Right. Drew Lock. That, that's right. <laughs> You're just right. shipping Drew Lock out of there. Get that. <laughs> you won't even play. I think you jinxed. Uh, you jinxed me because you jinxed the Giants. Last week you went on this Mitch Trubisky, like all of a sudden he's the greatest thing in the world. And now the Giants want to sign him to give Daniel Jones some competition. I so know. I, I know. I you down over there. I really. <laughs> <laughs> Man has some other shit, but not that. I would love to think I have that much control over the Giants organization. I would love yeah, that's an offensive line or something. Not Mitch yeah. Trubisky. They better, yeah, they better do that. But Trubisky, we'll see. I mean, we're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about him. There's no doubt. No doubt. But now this Russell Wilson thing, uh, I, I did not see that coming. I really didn't. Um, even though we did talk about it and speculated a bit, 
didn't see it coming, but I am happy as hell that it did. It just adds on to the more drama in the NFL in the offseason, and it's great. So, again, another quarterback on the movie that we just found out a few hours ago went to Washington for basically nothing. They're swapping second-round picks this year or third-round picks, whatever it is. Um, the Colts are going to get um, a third-round pick, and next year another third-round pick, which could turn into a second-round pick, Damian. Anyway, it's really not much for Carson Wentz, but they are paying Washington, that is, the commanders. And this guy is not a commander of anything at all. But, okay, nonetheless, uh, moving on with that, um, they're paying $28 million. They are paying his salary. So Washington is all in on him this year. They don't have a Super Bowl ready-made team. So I don't exactly know what their thinking is behind this stuff. uh, I don't love the move. And Indy left himself without a quarterback also, so we got to put that part in there. What do you think? Yeah, that's the more shocking part to me. In a QB market where people are trying to talk themselves into Mitchell Trubisky, uh, you really <laughs> don't want to be without a quarterback. right? Where That's the guy that people are trying to talk themselves into. Uh-huh. So with Indy, you have a team that is a quarterback away from that Super Bowl. So the first thought that came to mind for me was, were they in conversations with Seattle to get Russell Wilson? And mm-hmm. I understand that Russell Wilson had to sign off on the trade. Right. And maybe Sierra, his wife, doesn't want to be in Indy, which could be a thing. I could see that. Uh, some people say Indy isn't like the most entertaining place. Some hey, maybe he don't want maybe he don't want to be there without the wide receivers. I don't know. That could be a very good point as well. Uh, I do think that Indy is closer to a Super Bowl than Denver just because of the division they play in. Like Denver right. now with that quarterback, he Russell Wilson could be the third best quarterback in that division yeah. when you look at it. Maybe. Because uh, if Justin Herbert takes another step this year. So that division is going to be hectic to even try to get through. The AFC South could be a little easier if you add Russell Wilson to the Colts with Tennessee just being the only team in the way there. Houston and Jacksonville still a long way away. Mm-hmm. So that was the first thought that came to mind for me. But I understand that the money doesn't quite work with the Colts uh, because of the contracts in Seattle as well. It mm-hmm. had to be a lot of maneuvering done for that. And also they don't have the first round pick this year because they gave it away to get Carson Wentz for obviously just one year. Uh, but looking at Washington side of it, uh, you made reference to it earlier. It's It's ironic that they get a quarterback who's not known for taking command. Uh, it's, something, <laughs> it's just uh, something that you have to look at and be like, why would they do it? Like you mentioned, that defense took a huge step back, not just one, but several step back. Oh, yeah. It's like red light, green light, man. I mean, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And so when you look at that, you've got their best defensive player maybe might not be ready for the start next year uh, with him getting hurt last year in, in Young. So mm-hmm. when looking at it, you're like, they do this move just to look at the fans and be able to say, hey, we're doing something. Look, we got this shiny toy over here with a big arm. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got something for you. You know, he's he's better than Taylor Haneke. So, <laughs> yes, I mean, if they so wanted it. happy? I yeah. mean. Yeah. yeah. That's what it looks yeah. like to me. It looks like a move to be able to say, hey, we're trying to win. Yeah. We, yeah. we did something. You see it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So that's what it looks like to me. It's like a, a a fan appeasing move to me. 
Yeah, and it's a Dallas fan appease to move to Felix over here saying, as a Dallas fan, he approves of the Wentz trade. Uh, bring it back into the <laughs> NFC East. That's that's pretty funny right there. Yep, he's right back in there. And, uh, God, third team in three years for a guy who was an MVP candidate in 2017. Thought the career was going to be sky high for him. And right now, we just honestly don't know. We don't know. Uh, but rumor does have it with Seattle that they're going to try to get to Sean Watson. So, I mean, right now we know that Seattle ain't going to be doing nothing. Look, they even are losing Bobby Wagner, their best linebacker, one of the best middle linebackers in the game for the past 10 years. I mean, this guy has been incredible, okay? He's a Hall of Famer for sure. Absolutely. 100%. No doubt about it. They're in rebuilding mode. Let's just be real about it, okay? It's not going to be Geno Smith. He's not going to be their starter. They're going to have to go do something. I don't know if they're going to draft the guy. I think they now have the ninth pick. So they have to have a plan. If they were going to do this, I would think they would have to have a plan, Nikki. So it could be Deshaun Watson. Um, we'll talk about more quarterbacks who are out there. Or maybe do you think they draft a guy? Maybe a Malik Willis at number nine who is getting some of the hype? Yeah, I mean, if you're in rebuild mode and you like a guy in the draft, I would go get that guy. I mean, I understand the appeal of getting Deshaun Watson, but is – Again, we don't know legally, like, what is his availability even going to be? Is this going to turn into a disaster in a year? I mean, I just feel like there's so much unknown there. Um, but listen, if I'm rebuilding, there, it's not like they're in a win-now mode. So I don't know why no, he would take that big move and go get Deshaun Watson and risk his availability. Me, I would go get the guy that I like and have him part of my rebuild. Okay. One thing I want to say, D, before I get your uh, your thoughts, Deshaun Watson, he's going to, he's likely going to play again. All right, most likely. And when he does, he probably will be suspended. Let's say six games. Okay. But if he's so good, and there are a lot of teams that are going to want him, you're going to have to get ahead of the curve over here. And even if he's still in the middle of something, and you want him that bad, and you know at some point he's coming back, and you're willing to risk a year or so, I, I, I say you still go get him. Yeah, like, as bad as this might sound, I wouldn't be mad the Saints got him. Like, if – because we're a team that's a quarterback away. So, if he misses six games and we have to go with Taysom Hill for the first six games or whoever, mm-hmm. and then he comes in with the defense that we have and we get Michael Thomas back, we're right yeah, there in some contention, especially with the NFC South looking like it could be a horrible division. Oh, yeah. <laughs> next year. So, it will be right there in contention. So, I'll, as bad as this sounds because of what he has been accused of and the situation that he's in as a fan of your team, if you need a quarterback, I'm pretty sure with Nikki is like, Oh, if Deshaun Watson came along, I would take him over Daniel Jones. So this is something <laughs> oh, yeah. that you just have to be like, okay, if he's available, you'll take him, and you have to take what comes with him. You're going to have yeah. some people that are going to boycott your team. But for the most part, NFL has showed us that when it comes to, what he's accused of and what others have been accused of, they don't take it as seriously as they take, say, gambling on the league. So it's something that you have to just take with what they are showing us, and we know he'll be available because of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, look, rules are rule. Uh, it, it, I don't know. This whole thing really just, like, is mind-blowing to me. I, the Carson Wentz and just another thing. But Deshaun Watson, yeah, we'll see. Um, Again, he'll be back on the field, and he's so great. Uh, you know, you give him a little bit of time, he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks still to play because – I don't know, what is he, 26 right now or something like that? I don't have his age in front of me, but, you know, still a young guy. So, uh, yeah, we shall see. Um, yeah, we did Wentz. Um, on the Colts, you know, just because, you know, we mentioned Carson Wentz is moving on from there. 
we'll go over some of the quarterbacks. But the first guy that came to mind for me, if they don't draft somebody, I think their best fit would probably be – I know this sounds weird, especially coming from me. Nikki, I think Jim G would fit okay over there because they just really want to run the ball and throw short passes. Yeah, hey, if that's what you want to do, Jimmy G is your guy. You're trying to win a Super Bowl? <laughs> maybe. Not so much. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to win a Super Bowl with him, D. I'm with you, but maybe they want to take him this year, pay him the one year, and then figure it out later. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think they would be in the market for someone who's going to be a long-term solution. Yeah. Uh, yes. This will be their fifth quarterback in five years mm-hmm. there in Indy. Uh, so they might want to look for somebody just to have a stable quarterback there for a while. Uh, and Jimmy G is definitely not that. He's a stopgap guy. <laughs> and right. like I said, Jimmy G is Carson Wentz without the arm talent. So I don't know why you would want to make that move. It's interesting. To get, get to get Jimmy G when he's the same guy who can have that same type of flaw that I talk about with Carson Wentz, where it seems like the battery gets taken out of his back and he just malfunctions. He'll he'll do that from time to time as well. And when that and the thing is with Carson Wentz, every once in a while at least Wentz will make a play that makes you say, Wow. Like yeah, you have a few throws where you're like, okay, I see why people believe in him. Jimmy G doesn't have that wow factor. Nah, no. <laughs> so it's like, why would you take that on unless your situation is so much worse than that? So see. for the Colts, man, I would hate to say it, but what about Jameis? If the Maybe. Saints aren't able to sign Jameis back, big arm guy who looks like from what we saw from the portion last year, maybe has gotten the turnovers down. You're only asking him to make a play here or there with that running game and that defense. Maybe Jameis could be that guy for you. Now, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Yeah. You see, first of all, I want to say what's up to my friend Nancy, who's watching from Delray. What's up, Nancy? I can't believe you're watching, but thanks. We appreciate it. Love it. Love it. Love you, Nance. Um, Indy, you got to think if they're doing this, even though it's Carson Wentz and they were clearly ready to get rid of him, you got to think they have some sort of plan. You know, it's, their, their next quarterback is not in their roster. So I, I'm thinking they got to have some sort of plan going on. I, again, I don't know if it's through the draft or if they like one of these guys. I, I don't know what it's going to be. If they have another trade option, I don't know. But <clears throat> I'm surprised that Indy and Seattle would just basically give up on that, especially Indy, who's got a ready-made team. So um, I, I'm really surprised. But uh, just to go through, um, like we said, Devontae Adams, he got tagged $20 million. Chris Guy went back with the Bucks. Uh, Mike Williams signed a deal with the Chargers, not franchise tag, but he got a three-year deal. Harold Landry, um, very important for the Titans, linebackers, staying with them five years, $87.5 million deal. The Jaguars, uh, they franchise tag Cam Robinson, again, their left tackle, uh, for the second season in a row. So he'll make uh, almost $17 million this year. And I want to talk to you guys about the Jaguars real quick um, before we move on to our next segment. Uh, They got a lot of money. They got a lot, a lot of money, and they have Trevor Lawrence, like we talked about. Travis Etienne is coming back. Um, you know, we'll see what they do with their receivers. Um, they have the number one pick again. They're probably going to get that kid, Evan Neal. I, I'm forgetting his name, the offensive lineman. So they definitely got to work in their offensive line, but start bringing guys in now, and let's let's see what happens. You know, D, I'll go to you first, and then Nikki, I want to hear from you. I think that Jacksonville is in a great spot, especially with what just happened in Indianapolis. They don't have a quarterback. We know that Houston is a mess right now. And Tennessee, yeah, they're definitely a contender. But I think that Jacksonville can definitely take a step up. Well, for sure. Like, they're one of those teams that has enough money to where they can change their fortunes overnight. Uh, They overpay, quote-unquote, overpay for a few people. Uh, They can just change things forever. Uh, I was surprised by the franchise tag of Johnson. 
he's you know decent, but they had offensive line issues last year. You would think maybe they would go after someone like a Teron Armstead. I keep bringing up yeah. the Saints. I don't want him to, to go. I but know. <laughs> he's somebody who's going to get paid a lot of money in the Saints. Yes. You know, I say it every week. We're living check by check, so we might not have that money to pay him. So when you look at office alignment like that out in the market, why would you not just go head over heels into them instead of, you know, franchise tagging someone like Johnson? Unless, you know, you can trade him if you think he's a, you know, trade asset or if you really think he's that good to where maybe you could try to sign him. But for the second year franchise tag, you don't normally see that uh, that done because the money is so big on that second year of the franchise tag. So I was surprised by that, but they're definitely in a great situation where they can make some moves. They have a coach that people respect now. So I think that yeah. with, with those things, right. they'll have more people come over too. I, I agree. And right, we talked about it. Doug Peterson, we all think is a great hire uh, for Trevor Lawrence specifically. So uh, Nikki, again, you know, we're not talking about Super Bowl. I don't even think we're talking about playoffs yet for them necessarily, but this is when they get ready. You know, they don't have to pay Trevor Lawrence yet for a long time. And they got money to spend. Bring these guys in and use your draft picks wisely. I think they got a real chance to take a jump this year and then maybe in year three with Lawrence become a playoff team. Yeah. So, so to- what are we talking? Like uh, winning three games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, come on. That's what they won last year, right? What, three games? Yeah, went three right? or four. Three. Yeah. three or four games. So, I don't know. I could see them winning like maybe six or seven. Look, this is the year for them to do it. If they don't go all in, go balls to the wall this year, just you got the money, just do it. Go all in. But if they don't do it this year, I, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I don't trust this team by any means, but they do it right. I, they can add a few more wins, I think. They got the money. I mean, I, I think that they should. They should go get you know get help at wide receiver. There's not much left. I don't know if Allen Robinson's willing to even you know come back. <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you, but uh, look, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see. But Allen, I think Allen Robinson is already gone, and he's not he's not coming yeah. back to Jacksonville like uh, Jacksonville or no. Chicago. He is. Those two cities, I'm pretty sure, are off. Like he's even he's looking at a map right now, and those two cities are blacked out. <laughs> Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's not no looking at them. At all. Yeah, you know, they're. I feel like athletes have the pins of like, nope, not going there. Nope, right, going yeah. there, not right. going there. Exactly. Not happening. Not happening. Not happening. So on. Yeah. Yep, I'm with you. Yeah, that seems to be that uh, the way is, and I don't blame him. I, you know, I wouldn't want to go to Jacksonville if I were him, but uh, I think he'll get paid some money. And again, we talked about Green Bay. If they can somehow maneuver things around and get Robinson. Great. We'll I talk about it with a great quarterback. I would love to see that. that would be, the numbers would be unbelievable. I mean, they really would. Roger would be so happy. He'd be out of his mind. He really would. It'd be incredible. Um, Orlando Brown uh, sticking with the Chiefs. They franchise tagged him. Great move for them at left tackle. And all the tight ends, uh, the the cap for them, the franchise tag, I should say, was just a little bit under $11 million. Dalton Schultz got it from Dallas. David Njoko with the Browns. Mike Isecki. With Miami, which I think was really smart on their part. He's an excellent player. And Jesse Bates uh, did get tagged by Cincinnati, which I did not think was going to happen. I thought they were going to go somewhere else. But nevertheless, they did it. They did it. So a good move by them. You know, obviously, their goal is to get back to the Super Bowl and win the whole damn thing this time. Right. So you got to do what you got to do. All right. Um, Let's see over here. Let me get to. uh, Let me see. What do I want to go to next with the free agents? Um. The teams with the most money, just like the five, six uh, top teams, are the Dolphins, the Chargers, Jaguars, like I mentioned, the Jets, the Bengals, like we just talked about, 
and Philadelphia. They got a lot of money to spend also. And they got three draft picks. And they made the playoffs, build around Jalen Hurts. But maybe, Nikki, they trade one of those draft picks for Allen Robinson or another receiver to help out. Why not? That's what I mean, Philly's got to use these draft picks smart. And they got three. Maybe use one of them on, on, on a high talented player. Well, hopefully they get it wrong. So. Uh, yeah, for your sake. Yeah, I know. That's true. Right. But no, they definitely need, they, they need some. Uh, yeah, they definitely need a receiver. They absolutely need help over there. That has been a weak spot for probably like two, two seasons now, I would say. But yeah. objectively, yes, that's what they need. In my heart, I hope they screw it up. <laughs> D, would you, uh, uh, you know, Philly, if you were them, you know, would you try one of those draft picks and go after, again, Allen Robinson, if you covet, I mean, first round pick, not for OBJ or Michael Gallup or Christian Kirk or Juju Smith, you know, they're not first round picks or anything like that. But if something else is packaged, I don't know. Do you think they should go after a wide receiver or do you think they should just go after one in the draft? I would go after one in the draft. All right. If you're able to get one in free agency, awesome. But when you have three first round picks, and this is a wide receiver heavy draft, is what you know the experts are saying. Yeah. Go ahead and get you one there. And then you have two young studs with Devonta and whoever you get in the draft mm -hmm. to be those guys that Jalen Hurts can throw to if you believe in Jalen Hurts. Now, if you don't believe in Jalen Hurts, maybe you package those picks to get a quarterback. Um, so it's something that, you know, it depends on their faith in Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, I do like him as a player, definitely has great athleticism. And if you have him in the right offense, can be successful. Yeah. He does have some holes in his game passing-wise and reading defenses. But I think those things can get better. And when you have a quarterback that has that skill set of, like, natural abilities, I think you stick with him and try to build him up and develop him. And what's a better way to develop them than to get weapons around him, especially young ones? Well said, man. That That's the way to do it. They got a young team. Again, they were just in the playoffs. I know 9-8 and eight is nothing spectacular, but you know what? Uh, they did it, Nikki. So, yeah, I think that uh, if, if they can't get, you know, a top-notch wide receiver, then you know what? Do what you can in the draft. They have so many picks, and I'm going to get the draft order up in, uh, in a minute over here. I'm trying to see which ones they have really, really quickly to go over it. Um, their first one is 15 and they have 16. And then I believe their next one is like 22 or something like that. But uh, I have to get through the rest of them. Anyway, um, talk a little bit more Philly uh, as Philly, yeah, again, becoming a contender, maybe taking away from Dallas. The teams that are over the salary cap, D, your Saints are way over, unfortunately. So they're going to have problems. Um, that's why, you know, they're going to probably let go, you know, again, Marcus Williams um, and, you know, couldn't sign back to Ron Armstead. So the Saints may, you know, again, I ain't digging at you, bro. They may have an issue for, for a minute over here. They, they're they way over the cap and they don't have the players right now to, to, to get the, to get the job done. I don't even know what the next step is. What, what do you, what do you think? They always find a way to get under the cap. We've been a team that's over the cap the past four or five years. So like the first year I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? We're so many, so high over the cap, and then they find some way to restructure some contracts, to sign a guy here or there, and make the contract to where it fits in the cap somehow. I don't know how the salary cap exactly works with how they do it, but somehow they find a way to do it. So I have to just believe yeah. in what they'll be able to do. I know they want to re-sign Marcus Williams for sure. So I think that whenever they do free up some money, and I know it works to where – you can maneuver the cap in a way to keep your players that you already have. Like there's a, 
uh, I guess, a loophole in there where you can go over the cap to re-sign your players. Um, right, so I right. know they're going to do that for Marcus Williams. I'm just scared we're going to lose Armstead. So that's why we might be – a lot of projections are saying that we might draft a tackle in the draft to replace him. Uh, that would be very tough to have a rookie try to replace that guy. He is uh, an amazing talent offensive line. One of the main reasons why offensive line has been one of the best in the league the past few years. But he does yeah. have injuries every year. Like he's he's good to miss three or four games per year. So maybe you get a guy who is more healthy and younger and comes in right away. We are really good at scouting. We've been really good at drafting talent the last few years. So I just have to trust in that. So I think we'll be okay. And with the free agents we have, as long as we can keep Marcus Williams, I think having him as safety really does uh, have, you know, just a major impact on the team. And there's been even rumors about us getting Tyron Matthew. I don't know how. <laughs> I know he's, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> he's a he's a Louisiana guy, so I don't know if he's gonna give a hometown discount on what, that. <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't encourage him to do that. I want all players to get as paid as much as they can, especially position players, because sure. you know quarterbacks now can play 15, 20 years. But if you're any other position, your shelf life is a lot shorter. So I want you to get paid as yes. much as you can while you can. So I definitely wouldn't encourage him to do that. But if he's willing to come in and one team's offering eleven million, just for example, I know it's gonna be more than that. But one team's offering eleven million and we're offering ten, and he takes ten, I wouldn't be mad at it. Uh, he just, <laughs> just you know, if he wants to come and play for us. But every year we find a way. I don't know how, I don't know what they do, but somehow they find a way to get under the cap and sign players. I just don't well, know. I think I think somehow the answer is uh, just two words or two names, Sean Payton, and he's no longer there. So I'm not sure if that magic is going to be there. We'll see. The GM is still there. The GM is still there. And he's the one like doing that job of getting out of the salary cap and somehow making it work. Nikki, somehow the Giants are over the salary cap. Um, It almost (laughs) boggles your mind with the players that they have, but they are. (laughs) I mean, what are you hearing? What's I mean, all right, Mitchell Trubisky is – you think that they're going to sign him? If they do, you got a quarterback battle. What else coming out of you know New York Giants early camp that's you know going to make them a better team with the problems that they already have financially? Nothing really. Uh, it looks like Evan Ingram might get you know traded. Uh, Saquon, there's a new rumor about him every day. He wants to stay. He doesn't want to stay. They want him. They don't want him. I don't know what they're going to do there, but again, like if you don't have an offensive line for the ninth and 10th year in a row, I really don't understand. Like then trade Saquon, let him go thrive somewhere else. Like you have to address this offensive line. I don't understand why we don't do that. Um, No, I'm not excited for a quarterback battle between Daniel Jones and Mitch Trubisky. So I, I'm happy we robbed Buffalo of all their like coaching personnel. So that's, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm hoping maybe the scouting's a little bit better, but am I, like, super pumped with everything that, I, that I'm hearing? No. We're way over the cap again. Like you said, Jay, I, you just kind of are like, what did Dave Gettleman do? I don't understand how we're in this place. So, as a fan, it's like, yeah, you're sort of optimistic, but also I expect them to screw this up a little bit. Yeah, um, be so realistic. I'm like, you know, I'm not super excited, but. No. No, there's no reason to get your hopes up, and I'm not even trying to make oh, fun of you. Oh, God, just, I would not. Gotta know. No, you got to I would not get my hopes up. No. no. 
That's one yeah. thing I love about Nikki. She's like one of the most realistic fans. Oh yeah, she, <laughs> she, knows, she knows the deal. Yeah, she ain't yeah. she ain't playing around. You know, I got the, like my best friend. He used to tell me that the Jets were going to win the Super Bowl every season from when we were five years old. I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, and they haven't won one yet. You know, <laughs> they won one before we were born. That was it, and they haven't even been to one since. But. Oh, you got to love the, the fan. That's the cool thing about doing a podcast, you know, especially that focuses on football is you can kind of root for other things and other teams and other scenarios to happen. Not that they become sure. your team, but like I was all in on Cincinnati. I don't know where that came from, but yeah. I still with them. like I still love the Giants, but doing this, you really do kind of learn to become a little objective and kind of root for other teams and scenarios. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The best story is gonna make for the best podcast. So right. that when, when you start podcasting yeah. and writing, you're like, for me, it, you know, I've been writing and podcasting now probably for a good five six years. So once you get into it, you're like, okay, some of those years Saints weren't the good, weren't the best. So you're like, okay, let me find some other stuff that I can root for, some other stories yeah. I can write about and talk about. And that's how you start finding other things, and it it, be, it opens your mind up to a whole different world. Yeah, for real. Yep, that's well said. Absolutely. Yeah, billion percent. Yeah, Pog, it's a great thing. It really is. And especially when you got good people, it makes it that much better. It's awesome. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, just a, <clears throat> excuse me, a few other teams over the cap. Um, the Packers, the Rams expected both. Uh, the Vikings, I don't know what they're doing. The Cowboys, they're in trouble. The Titans as well. The Falcons, I don't know how they're <laughs> over the cap. Okay. Uh, and then the like, Bills. Are they the ch- I, I, don't, I don't know. Are they paying? I have no idea. When you figure it out, you let me know how they're possibly over the salary cap. I mean, Matt Ryan's the only guy they're paying as far as I can figure out. I, yeah, it's mind boggling. It's crazy. And AJ Terrell's <laughs> amazing at corner, but he's not getting paid yet. He's still in his rookie. No. Right. So, like, who, who <laughs> Who's getting all this money? <laughs> Who's getting it? I don't know. I don't know, but it's freaking – it's hysterical. Whatever. Anyway, um, let's get to these available free agents. Let's try to run through some of them. Um, again, we know the quarterback core is not good, but there are at least five teams that need a starting quarterback. So let's figure out if they're going to do it through the draft or if they're going to take one of these guys. We have the Colts, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Steelers, and the Bucks. You could probably throw Carolina in there if you wanted to, but – Let's stick with the main ones right there. And again, these are all teams that are really good, <laughs> you know, that are like pretty much a quarterback away and two of them got rid of theirs, uh, it, whatever. Anyway, so, you know, the first guy that comes to the list is Jameis Winston. And logic would say he goes back to the Saints, Nikki. Um, do you think that's a good idea for him and for the organization? Because he's he was there uh, and that would be his third year being comfortable. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, yeah. why not? Like, if he knows the system and he's comfortable and, the, you know, the GM likes him, the coaching staff likes him, he's a good leader in the locker room. I mean, yeah, why not? If it fits, why not? If it fits, wear it type of thing. Yes. <laughs> if your heels fit, wear them until they break. Do you, and you want to keep him in, uh, in New Orleans, I'm imagining. Yes. If anybody from the Saints organization is listening, watching, I'm begging you to re-sign Jameis Winston. Uh, I'm definitely not trying to go into the year as, with Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so if we can't re-sign Jameis, then maybe we look at a QB in the draft. I know this isn't the best QB draft, but there's some some home runs there. There's some diamonds in the rough maybe that you can find at QB in this draft, that ones that don't stand out immediately. Uh, but I, Taysom Hill, amazing athlete. I love him as the Swiss Army Knife guy. 
that can do you know running back wide receiver tight end all those things even put him at put him on defense if you think he could play defense do all the things yeah right <laughs> but just at quarterback in seldom situations you know fourth and one you need you know you're gonna do a qb sneak stuff like that but as far as having a starting quarterback Jameis showed what he could do last year and that's without weapons this year you bring back michael thomas maybe you get another receiver in the draft and you add that with Jameis. I think we could see a Pro Bowl season from Jameis. And Jameis comes back to the Saints. I will pick him to be my quantum oh, leap, 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 leap. <laughs> All right, so you double down on that one, huh? Yes, if he comes back to the Saints. If he okay. doesn't come back to the Saints, I got to go with somebody else. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And we shall <laughs> see where he does go. Um, there are some other guys. Let me see. Um what about Marcus Mariota, Nikki? Do you think he deserves a shot somewhere? And if so, what team would fit him best um, out of the ones who we, you know, we had gone over, whether it be Seattle, Pittsburgh, the Bucks, uh, you know, the Saints, Indy? Mm, I don't really like any of those for him. Maybe Indy. Uh, you know, maybe I could see him in Indy if I had to pick out of one of those teams. Go back but to the AFC South. Yeah, I don't uh I don't love really those teams for him. Sure, I mean I guess he deserves a shot. Why not? But like yes. is he that quarterback? Like you said, oh you know, Indy like so close is you know, I don't know. Is he gonna push you over the edge? Probably not. But- no. Yeah. He he don't seem I'm with you, Nick. He doesn't seem like the type of quarterback that's gonna push you over the edge. Um I don't think yeah. Seattle has any interest in him. Um the Steelers might, maybe the Bucks. Um but I guess if he was in the box, maybe as a backup, but not to get like a shot. No, yeah. I can't see that. Happening. I wonder. I wonder maybe if they would give him a shot in Indianapolis, and you know, maybe they can run some. He would. Maybe they can run the RPO with him and Jonathan Taylor. The um, maybe that could work out. I don't know because Mariota's a pretty athletic kid. No, he's very athletic for sure. Uh, but as far as playing quarterback, I never saw anything since he's gotten to the NFL that made me think this guy's the guy. There was mm-hmm. nothing that ever stood out. I was like, okay, like he'll have some amazing athletic plays sometimes, and then the next thing you know, he'll pull a hamstring on the next play trying to do it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you couldn't even trust that. And then when it came to passing the ball, uh, he was. It's, a, it's ironic that he backed up Derek Carr because I feel like he suffered from Derek Carr-itis the first few years where Derek Carr was scared to go down the field. Marcus Mariota had those same issues where he was scared to go down the field mm. and he would have like his stat lines look like stat lines from the 1960s. He would finish years like 15 touchdowns, you 13 interceptions. Like it was, it was very, it was very Joe Namath. If Joe Namath had those stats today, he wouldn't be a hall of famer. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so Marcus Mariota for me is a backup. He's okay. somebody who I like how the Raiders used him in special packages. He definitely can be used in that way because of his, of uh, as athleticism, but I just don't see him as a starting guy. A starter. Okay. Yeah. Well, it doesn't look like we have a lot of starting quarterbacks here. <clears throat> I mean, we got Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor. I mean, they can start. Don't get me wrong, but these aren't guys that are going to, you know, take you to the Super Bowl. Cam Newton, whatever he's got left. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I just celebrated his 89th birthday. Jacoby <laughs> Brissett, uh, Andy Dalton, and Joe Flacco. And I talked about Mitch Trubisky. I think that he, you know, if he does go to the Giants, Nikki, I know you don't want any part of it, but. There will be a QB competition because Brian Dayball obviously likes him coming over from the Bills. You know, he's trying to get him to the Giants. And it's not just simply to back up Daniel Jones. You know, Daniel Jones has not proven it yet. So we're going to have to see. But these teams need quarterbacks. So out of out of all of them, with the Colts, 
I think, yeah, Marcus Mariota may be the best fit for the Saints. I'm with you, Jameis Winston. For Seattle, I think they're going to go to the draft. I don't th- look. Maybe they pick up one of one of these guys like Tyrod Taylor um, to start the year, but I think that Seattle will try to draft somebody. Uh, Damian, I, I don't see them, you know, again going after any of these guys and thinking, "Oh, that's our future." You know, they they need somebody in the draft, and they're going to have to move up in order to do it. Well, no, they have Seattle. Has well, they have the ninth pick. Uh, well, they have the ninth pick, right? Uh, so it's not, actually, yeah, it's not that bad. I mean, if other teams. Yeah you know, want a Malik Willis or a Kenny Pickett, then they may have to move up. But, yeah, no, actually, at nine, if they want that quarterback, uh, if it's Malik Willis, which would be the guy I would pick, okay, I'm down with that. Yeah, I think they could get Malik Willis there at nine. Uh, But every year, even if it's a quote-unquote bad QB draft, as close as we get to the draft, the better these QBs get. I know. Every year. So every year there's going to be a few QBs, I think, that sneak into the top 10 there mm-hmm. just, just because of the nature of the draft and how important quarterback is. Yeah. But I think they can still get Malik Willis there. Uh, I know Kenny Pickett, people are going to be talking about his hands and how they're not that big. Oh, no. <laughs> but I, he's still a good quarterback. And it's not like he had fumble issues at Pittsburgh. So – I don't think his hand should come into play unless he plays somewhere like Buffalo, which of course wouldn't be the place that he would play because they already have somebody. But right. for example, somewhere a cold weather place like that, maybe the hands become an issue there. But Joe Burrow then fine. His aren't as small as Kenny Pickett's, but he's been fine in Cincinnati. So yeah. I think and Kenny hand- Pickett played in Pittsburgh in college. Exactly. He, he, you know, he, he, he got it. He'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how good he'll be, but you know, his game yeah. isn't going to change. You know, his game yeah. against teams. So uh, I'm with no, you. On that. That's a great point. Pittsburgh is not like it's the most pleasant place weather-wise. So, <laughs> so he'll he'll uh, be fine as far as getting in the league and being able to hold the ball and everything like that. I think so. Um, so, but, yeah, Seattle, I think, should go to the draft because uh, the free agents for them, I don't think. And plus, they're in a rebuilding situation. Like Nikki said earlier, if you're rebuilding, why go after one of these guys when you can get a cheap quarterback? No and point. maybe you can repeat what you did with Russell Wilson. One of the reasons they were successful right. early in Russell Wilson's career is because he's a third-round pick, super cheap. They got to pay their defense, and that's how you build a legend of boom when you have – or yeah. doom, excuse me – when you have a cheap quarterback. No, you are right. Legion of boom. You were right first. Legion oh, I was far. Okay. <laughs> so you can build that defense because you have a cheap quarterback and all your money can be allocated to other places. So I think okay. that they definitely should go in the draft. All right, all right. Uh, and we know that Pittsburgh definitely needs a quarterback. Nikki, I don't know if they're going to take any of these guys that we spoke about. I'm looking at some mock drafts right now. Desmond Ritter, the kid out of Cincinnati, uh, quarterback. They're saying maybe him for Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh wants to move up and they really want Malik Willis or uh, Kenny Pickett, they'll go after him. I think Pittsburgh will probably go through the draft, but I think they'll also likely sign one of these players to start it off. And in my opinion, I can see them going after Marcus Mariota. I'm not saying it's the best fit, but he may be the best guy available. So I can, I can see that happening, but I also see Pittsburgh drafting a quarterback. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I could see them doing that. I mean, it's probably a logical thing for them to do, um, but Very they logical. absolutely have got to, get a quarterback for the future because it, it's not going to be Marcus Mariota. That's, and it's not, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rudolph. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No, it ain't him either. So, uh, <laughs> I have to figure it out. Yep. Yep. And, and they I think should they figure will. this out like 
two years ago when we were Absolutely. talking about this, we yep. said this, yeah. like you're, you're two years behind the curve here. So now, yeah, now you got to go get, you know, some stopgap guy and hope that you can find your guy in the draft. So when you, when we were talking about the draft last year, we all said Pittsburgh, I mean, we said yeah. they were going to probably draft Najee Harris because of where they were at, but we said they need a quarterback, move up and go get one, you know, and they did not do it. They didn't do it. So, Right now, Pittsburgh's stuck. Um, yeah, I think they'll get one of these veterans and also draft a quarterback. That's my opinion. And as far as the Bucks go, Damian, ah, God, I mean, look, what do they have? Kyle Trask right now and Blaine Gabbert. Obviously, <laughs> that's not going to get the job done. So, again, Mariota's name gets brought up. Um, I don't think they want Bridgewater. He's not reliable enough. Tyrod Taylor, uh, I'm not sure. Mitchell Trubisky, I don't know. I, they, I don't know. I don't know what the hell that the Bucks are going to do. I mean, they they definitely are going to have to draft a quarterback. This is a team that could be in real trouble. And I know that they uh, got Godwin back and they still have Mike Evans. I don't know if Gronkowski's coming back. I'm not sure. Uh, Leonard Fournette is a free agent. I don't know if they're going to re-sign him, but they're not going to be a team that's going anywhere anytime soon. But again, they got to find a quarterback. Where do they find it? Well, according to their coach, they have it in Blaine Gabbard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. nonsense. The fact that he's talking about Blaine Gabbert lets you know that they don't think that Trask is ready, right? Fair so enough. Yep. You have to go if you so you drafted Trask. Maybe you think he is the guy next year. Maybe you just think he needs another year to develop. So you get one of those stopgap guys, a Mariota, a Teddy Bridgewater, someone like that to help you until Trask is ready. If you think Trask is that guy, if you don't, if you think Trask is a career backup, then you draft somebody. Uh, but Blaine Gabbert's definitely not it. So I think they should try to draft somebody. But none of the free agents are going to be someone they like. They're definitely not going to bring back Jameis. So it's not going to be somebody who anybody else I don't see as a starting guy or somebody who gets you over that edge, right? Nope. Like I said last week, this is – the definition of average quarterbacks is this free agent class. Absolutely, uh, man. <laughs> so Absolutely. it's not, it's not going to be anybody who gets you over the edge in that type of way. So – We'll see what they do, but we'll see. it'll be very interesting. And for me as a Saints fan, I want you to go with Blaine Gabbard. Of course bring, you do. Oh. Bring home Blaine Gabbard oh. <laughs> to be a quarterback because then we'll be in the same situation where we won't have a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah seriously, yeah. yeah. yeah, We shall see. And, uh, again, going with the quarterback, Tampa Bay, this one uh, mock draft has Carson Strong out of Nevada uh, going to them. He's 6'3", 226 pounds. I don't know how good he is. Maybe Matt Corral. Uh, let's see if they do draft somebody or pull off a trade. God knows what. We'll see what happens. Um, but we do have a little bit of time because that draft is not for, what, about another month? And, yeah, I can't wait to get into that and start making yeah, our predictions. It's going to be a lot of fun. Ooh, that's going to be fun. Um, let's go over a few wide receivers real quickly. Odell Beckham, I think, uh, Nikki, he would be best staying with the Rams. Um, but if a team wants to jump in there, uh, Miami could probably use him. I don't know. What, what, what do you think? What do you think about OBJ? probably stay with the Rams I think probably he wanted wanted LA for so long and he finally got it and he just won a Super Bowl with them so Mm -hmm. I think he's got a house out there not that that matters but like when they all got houses out there but when the game was (laughs) over he would like immediately fly to LA like he wants to be there and so I mean I think he would stay I think so, and I think I, I agree also with what Nikki said, Damian, that uh, he would take less money to stay there and try to run it back and be where he's happy. I mean, guy was crying his tears out of happiness after winning that Super Bowl. I think he's really happy there. Yeah, I agree. I think he's happy there with L.A. 
I think he might even take a discount to stay there. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't see him going anywhere else. Like the places where he was most happy was New York, LA. He wants to be in those big time markets. Yeah. Right. So I don't see him leaving the Rams at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, that, we're still on free agency. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I know. I know. We're going to move through this real quick now. We're just we're going to go over a couple of the positions and then we're going to get done. Just the top ones. Um, we already talked about Allen Robinson. Uh, Christian Kirk could help out somewhere. He's not going to be as expensive. Maybe he ends up going to the Packers. Um, another team that can use a wide receiver right now. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, I don't know. D, you got one that either Christian Kirk or Juju Smith, one of these guys, would help out another team? Nikki, you two think of one. I'm trying to think off the top of my head that a team that's on the fringe right now that can use a guy or two like that that can kind of well, help Philly them needs wide receivers. Yeah. Okay, that's a good call. You're right about Philly. Washington can use another guy. No, 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 stop, stop, stop. stop. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know none of that. No, I know none of that. He's you know the bear. Easy, he's like, I already gave one NFC yeah, East team. I gave yeah, I know. <laughs> She's like, that's my limit. That's my limit. You know what? Look, get Justin Fields and Zach Wilson some help. Okay, let them let them go after one of these guys. I think yeah. you know. Again, they're not going to be number ones, but they got money. Let's go. You know, go help them out. So, I think teams like that need to look into it. Um, a few running backs, not much, but Leonard Fournette probably the biggest one out there. Tampa should re-sign him unless they want to go with Ronald Jones or Keyshawn Vaughn. But Leonard Fournette can help another team that you know is a, a you know a quote unquote a running back away. Who that would be? Maybe Kansas City. I don't know, Damian. I mean, if they Kansas if they, City has like four running backs, that are I know, but they're always getting hurt. They all yeah. get hurt. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to bring back McKinnon. McKinnon was big for them in the playoffs. He was. Uh, it was great. But I don't think he's coming back either. You're right. Yeah. So they might need somebody if they lose all those guys. Carol Williams. Denver. Yeah. Denver. Uh, they, got, they, they like Javante Williams. And um, Melvin Gordon is, um, he's is a free, free agent. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure. He may come back. I don't know. That's interesting. That is yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah. The situation with Alva Kamara and what happened during the Pro Bowl week. So I don't know if the Saints are going to be looking in. Wow, that's body. a good call. That's a good um, call. Miami, yeah, I think, would be a good spot. Yeah. Miami is always a need of running back since, like, forever. Always. Forever. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This is Ricky Williams. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they've always been a need of running back. Like, literally, Dan Marino's whole time, you mentioned they got Ricky Williams. And then after yep. Ricky Williams, they've just, <laughs> like, they've always Absolutely. needed a running back. So, yeah, they need somebody. Uh, but, yeah, Leonard Fournette, I think, should resign with Tampa Bay for sure, though. He should. I mean, they should want him, you know, whether he wants to stay there or not, because that team is going nowhere fast. Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, James Conner is out there. Chase Edmonds is out there. Corderell Patterson, you know, he's one of those slash guys. Uh, so we'll see. You know, we'll talk more about it as these things go on. Um, tight ends, not a whole lot. Rob Gronkowski, I'm just confused. I don't even know if he's going to play football next year. So I can't even speculate what's going to go on with him. Tom Brady's out. He's probably out, right? Yeah, I feel like he came back for Brady. And yeah, he's gone. He's gonna be gone. Yeah, I think so too. You know, so th- there's really not a whole lot of guys over there. I know uh, Evan Ingram is uh, is a free agent, Nikki. So you're thrilled about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We talked about Teron Armstead. Um, at Tampa Bay Buccaneers are gonna probably lose Ryan Jensen as well. Their center. Uh, that's a tough one over there. But um, Lakin Tomlinson for 49ers, a great guard. So was Brandon Scherf for Washington. Uh, but again, we'll, we'll see where they go. And the Bengals need to look at some of these guys definitely because that's their number one weak spot right now. Bengals need to bring in an, an offensive lineman big time. And maybe Brandon Scherf may be the guy. 
you know, so uh, we'll see. Um, interior linemen, you got Akeem Hicks from Chicago, DJ Jones from the 49ers. They can help out a whole bunch of teams. I mean, again, the Jets, they got the money. You know, go do it. Uh, the Chargers, they need run stoppers, right, Damian? They should get one of these guys. <laughs> yes, the Chargers need run stoppers for sure. Uh, I said if I play against them, I will be an a-hole if I was a coach. I'm running the ball <laughs> over and over and over again. I'm going to do a yep. New England Patriots in the rain. Keep running it. Denzel Washington. Run it back. All night. All night. The whole time. Be so, yeah, all night they don't want that right. to happen to them. Exactly. If they don't want that to happen to them, they have to improve on the defensive line for sure and get versatile mm-hmm. people. Don't get guys who are just for the run because there was one play that stands out to me in my mind against the Raiders where they brought in their run-stopping defense alignment. Yeah. And the Raiders were like, okay, we're just going to run to the outside now. <laughs> and they got no the first problem. down. So no you definitely just don't want to see that. So the Chargers definitely should go after versatile defense linemen who can stop the run and go after the passer. Yeah. Nikki, um, I mentioned them. the Chargers have they have money to spend and they got edge rushers, you know, when Bosa and uh Ingram, if he's gonna I'm not Ingram, I'm sorry. Um can't get the other guy off the top of my head. But anyway, uh, regardless, yeah, we talked about it all year long. They're run-stopping. They have to get run-stoppers. And Akeem Hicks, and as much as it would kill me, DJ Jones, if he goes from the 49ers, th- that would help them an awful lot. Yeah. That could change their season around. It really Because <laughs> yeah. the, the Brandon Failies right now are not getting it done. You know, they, they really are. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yep, yeah, few edge rushes out there. Some are getting up in age, but oh I think. Oh my man- God, Jay! What did you pull? Like every single. <laughs> I, I, just, every- I went through a few things, but no, we're gonna move a on few from this. Things. <laughs> hey, this is a football show. People need to know. I got a lot of stuff written down, but again, we can save a lot of that for later. It's all good. I just want the 49ers to go out and get secondary help. That, that that's my number one thing, and I want the Niners to get you know some offensive line help. And, again, have a little extra on that defensive line. But secondary is my number one thing for the Niners. What about you, Nikki, like for the Giants? what I know there's a lot of stuff, but what would you go after? Is it offensive line and then everything else afterward? That's it? Yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it for you, right? Break and fix it. I yeah. mean, really, just Get fix it. it. I, what is the point then? What is the point of having a good quarterback? What is the point of trying to, you know, or keep Saquon? Or what is the point of, like, adding offensive talent? I, you know, I don't understand it. Fix the offensive line. It's really Where did this? <laughs> you would think, you know, I mean, again, they're going to have to do it through the draft. They have a couple of early picks. I think the Giants, Um, I have to go through it right now, but I think they got the fourth or the, there's some, somewhere fifth, or, I don't know, something like that. Let me, yeah, the Giants got the fifth pick. Um, They're looking yeah. at this guy, Ike Ekwanu. I'll leave that up to D to figure out later on. And they got the seventh pick as well. Uh, another one, David Ojabu. From I haven't, done, I haven't done my draft practices yeah. yet. Oh, I can't yeah, yeah, it's a few weeks away, so I haven't done my, right. my practice right. for right. <laughs> Get your syllables down and everything, yeah. and yeah, figure out phonetically. I, yeah, D, we're leaving, we're leaving that all up to you, bro. We're leaving that up to you. But yeah, the Giants want to do something in the draft. You got the fifth and the seventh pick. Go hit on one lineman at least. Just hit on one, and then you'll be all right. You know. So, all right, we'll see what they do. So we're going to spare Nikki, and we're not going to go through any more top positions. But we'll, all right, you feel better about that? <laughs> I do because honestly, like, no, I can't tell you where this interior lineman's going to make a difference. So you know, I rep the average. Fan. You got knowledge with Nikki, which is what we're doing. I right do, now. but I rep the average fan. Like, 
<laughs> you know, no, I don't have interior. You know weapons. that the freaking Chargers sucked against the run last year, and you know that they can uh, use yes, it. Yes, and it would help them, yes. So they. So don't tell me you don't know. You know, all right? It, it would help them, yes. You know, all right? Like I said, you got knowledge. It's an Alger Nikki time. Let's freaking okay. do it. Okay. Hit it up. Say what? I think it's very vital. Come on. That's right. On top. Here we go. It's to rock around, to rock around. Oh, D's spinning. That's it. Yeah, boy. You got the shoulder shimmy and everything happening right now. Woo! Woo! Tricky, tricky, tricky. All right. That's how we do it. Wow. Spin in there. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the chair dance down, man. He's got that down, baby. There's a chair dancing championships. I'm definitely going to enter. Like, I think, You're I think in. I'm really good at it. You have <laughs> to. You I have love to. it. Absolutely love it. And here comes uh, oh, Mikey Patton's back. All right, had to finish your interview. Hopefully, all is good for tomorrow, brother. All right, so you just made it in time for knowledge with Nikki. All right, Mike, so <laughs> the answer. Don't give it away too quickly, all right? Give D and I a second over here as uh, we try to figure it out. So it's knowledge with Nikki time, all right? And uh, I don't know who goes first this week, but um, Nikki, I know you got a few things you'd like to say before we start out. Yes, knowledge with Nikki, of course, brought to you by Reebok. What do we have for you guys this week? Oh, here we go. I should have gave D this one because I can't pronounce anything. But it's 60% <laughs> off Reebok Zig connected to sneakers. So if you go to our website, right, scroll down a little bit, you're gonna see a nice little slider of all the deals that we have going for you guys to rebound yes. the first one. Check it out. Really cool. They have a bunch of different colors. I really think I want to get those black, looks like a rose gold or a black and pink um, and take advantage of the deal. So head on over there and we got 60% off for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Beautiful. Now with Nikki is... Well, yesterday was International Women's Day, of course. So we're going to do some, we're going to celebrate women, women's trivia. Okay. Okay. I'm down with that. I'm all about it. All right. So let's do it. Um, who gets, uh, I think I go first this week, actually. Okay, Jay. Right? Here we go. Right, Dean? I think it's me. Yes, sir. All right. So we're doing Women's Week. Let's do it. Let the Jeopardy music roll and let us go. Here we go. Uh, let me put my phone down so you know I'm not cheating. I was just checking my tweets. All right, let's do it. Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> like I, if I if I cheated, I would do a hell of a lot better. <laughs> He's over there googling random women facts. Yeah, yeah right. Women facts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jay. All right, let's do it. What percentage of women are college graduates? What percentage of women are college graduates? Uh-huh. Uh, I'll say sixty-eight percent. I guess I'm not close. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with 55. Uh, D, yeah, I don't give it to you. 57. Nice, absolutely. Well done. Okay. I was giving more credit to the ladies. I feel bad. Damn. It. <laughs> I, I just they- know they're smarter than the men, so I, I just I figured it'd be higher than ours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. I wonder what ours is actually. Uh, number two, the top two highest IQs ever recorded in the world belong to women. The highest IQ belongs to an American magazine columnist named Marilyn Boss What is her IQ? 
Wow. I don't even know what it goes up to. Um, what does it go up to? I never, you know, I don't even know what mine is. Um, all right, I'm gonna say it's obviously very. <laughs> it's obviously not that high. Mine, I, I figured that part out so far. Um, I'm gonna go with 183. Dave. Oh man, that's a good guess. I was gonna go similar to that one. But, um, I'm gonna go 195. 228. Ooh. Wow. Oh, you see, awesome. I didn't even know it went that high. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's 228. Crazy. Wow, so she could have done some amazing things. I did an IQ test like probably 10 years ago, and mine was like 128. Is that okay? Is that like decent? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Sounds I, good to me. Yeah. Sounds good. At least you did it. I tried, yeah. and I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm not doing that. No, yeah, not going to happen. Okay. It sales um, above average, so I'm like, I'm good with that. Yeah. There you go. Okay. <laughs> that works. Yeah. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Number three. International Women's Day was born on March 8, 1908, when women marched through the streets of New York City to demand shorter hours, better pay, and the right to vote. How many women marched in New York City that day? Oh, gosh. How many women marched in New York City? March 8, 1908. Okay. 1908. I'll say 1908. How many women? It was just women you said who marched? Yeah. I'll go with 3.4 million. See? I'm going to go 200,000. 15,000. Oh, only 15,000? Well, 1908. Okay. 15,000. The world couldn't get out like that. Like today, it'll be millions of people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. No doubt. Okay. All right. Okay. Number four. As of 2021, women in the United States earn how many cents for every dollar a man earns? Women in the United States earn, say it one more time, I'm sorry. Women in the United States earn how many cents for every dollar that a man earns? 78. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to go with 72. Uh, Jay, I'll give it to you. 82 cents. Okay. I'll take it. We got a tie ball game. All right. All right. Not far off. Was that my third or my fourth? I'm not even sure. Your fourth. Ah, okay. So D is up. All right. So I have to be the stealer over here. Add D. Ready? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Okay. As of yes, sir. December... <laughs> 2021, what? He said, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. <laughs> he was messing with me, yeah. As of December 2021, there were how many female Fortune 500 CEOs? Mm. I'm going to go with four. Jay? And it was how many Fortune 500 CEOs? Hundred and three. Forty-one. Mm. Right in the middle of us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, went high, oh. you went low. Horrible. <laughs> Out of five hundred, forty-one. Yeah. yeah. Definitely should be a lot more. All right. 
Okay, okay. Guys, we got to make third and three podcasts a Fortune 500 company in Nikki. Yes, field. you ain't kidding, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mike gets, uh, gets 24. It is super low. It is really <laughs> kind of disappointing, actually. Yeah. Um, all right, D, number two. Out of the 197 countries on this planet, how many countries can say that they have a woman serving as a head of state and or government? Uh, only one comes to mind. I'm gonna go with five. Uh, Jay? I'm trying to be like realistic and really actually think about this, but not taking too much time. Um, out of the 197, I think it's about 38. 23. Oh, all right. Nikki for president and CEO. Yes, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yes, thank you. Yes. Again, Started my platform course, yeah. that I'm running on is the day after Super Bowl is off for everybody. Everything shuts down. <laughs> And we're so, getting rid of daylight savings, okay? That's it. We're, we're not doing yeah. that. Yeah. So, when, when is that anyway? Oh, go ahead, D. What? That's about, I know it's about, it's about to come up again, and Arizona's going to change time zones because of it. But uh, <laughs> uh, so it's three platforms for Nikki. It's the day after the Super Bowl, you're off. Yeah. No daylight saving times. Yeah. yeah. Curse words will be normalized. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Perfect. Perfect. So if. I sound like somebody who would vote for it. Let me know because I really do think I am going to run for the two open seats in my town. Uh, I love it. Committee, so. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, third and three will blow up. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, question three. Um, worldwide, how many girls are out of school and are more likely to stay at home and tend to their younger siblings than other household children? Like, Worldwide. Just uh, the whole number? Whole number. Like one big giant ass number. That's so very big, It is a big number. That's very hard. Um, wow. I definitely think that number is getting lower and lower as the years go on and women are becoming you know, more and more of a force in the workforce. I'm going to go with 20 million. No. Okay. And it was, I'm sorry, Nikki, one more time. You know who I am. Worldwide, how many girls are out of school and are more likely to stay at home and tend to their younger siblings and other household chores? Oh, I was thinking about it wrong. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking about like once they get out of school, like oh, adult. oh, no, I probably worded it wrong. It's just girls that aren't in school. Okay. I'm gonna, go, I'm, I'm really not sure, but I'm gonna say like 120 million. Oh, I'll give it to you. It's 130 million. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. I'm surprised. Okay, yeah. it was a good guess. That's all it was. An educated guess. Did you guys know? I'll throw a little fact in there. That oh, I love facts. If every single girl worldwide received at least 12 years of quality education, lifetime earnings for women would increase by $15 trillion. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They got to fix the education system then. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think yeah. there's certain countries where 
women don't go you don't go to school and you don't get educated and that's it no that's true you're right you're, you're right there's a lot of different cultures out there yeah 100 correct <laughs> all right last one here we go as, you need of, this thing. as of 2019 what percentage of women are the primary breadwinners it's a good question i like that i'm gonna go with 45 percent okay I was going to say 32%. D, I'll give it to you. 40%. All right. All right. We got a tie then, I guess. Oh, man. I never do tiebreakers because you guys don't usually. Think of a number from 1 to 10. I don't... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Think of a number from 1 to 10. Uh, 7. Okay. Everybody guesses 7 first. 4. 5. Jay, 5. Jay wins. Without going over. <laughs> we tied. We tied. We we'll take the t We'll do the tie. Yeah. All right. D got close uh, enough in the last one. Worked out well. Good job. Good job with the questions, Nick. As always. Yeah, I love the questions, Nicky. Excellent, excellent. All right. All right. And the Jeopardy music did not disturb us. It's a beautiful thing. Okay, excellent job. So knowledge with Nikki in the books for this week. It is officially a tie score, just like the Pittsburgh Steelers that got them in the playoffs. But that's about it. It happened for them. All right. So now as you're Nikki in the books, we got now play it, play it coming up. But before that, we're going to go quickly over the AFC East needs. Every week we're going to go over a different division. It'll be AFC North next week. So let's go over the AFC East needs. We'll start with the Jets, who have the fourth and the tenth pick. They need pretty much everything, guys, right? So, I mean, I would definitely start with the offensive line with one of those picks, maybe both. But also um, – they need an edge rusher. You can use a wide receiver, even though I'm not, I don't know if they would draft one that high, D. Um, so I would definitely go O-line and probably edge rusher for the Jets with those first two picks. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, like you always say, the game is won in the trenches. There you okay. You go, you. go ahead and get that done in the first round and later on maybe look at those skill positions, but that's what you have to take care of first. Yeah. All right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, and Nikki, uh, they were four and thirteen last year. Um, the Jets, according to this, that I'm looking at this one mock draft, and I should be giving you credit. I'm sorry. Um, it's NFL mock draft um, by Vinny Liar on uh, NFL.com. It looks like. So um, just going I back to it. Liar, that sucks. Yeah, I know. I, 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 if I'm pronouncing it wrong, I'm sorry, but at least I'm giving the man credit over here. Um, the Jets uh, with the fourth pick again, according to this, they're looking at uh, an edge rusher out of Oregon. The names don't really matter right now. At this point, and with the tenth pick, Nikki, they were looking at a cornerback, according to this gentleman. What do you think? Yeah, no, because they're going to need a cornerback, so I could see them doing that uh, for sure. Um, but they need everything. They need a tight end. They, they need do. a wide receiver. Like tight just end. go get top tier talent. Just that's yeah. your focus. Yeah, yeah, top -tier talent. yeah. That that's your top tier talent, and they there you go. There you go. Yeah, get, get the best that you possibly can. And yes. please go spend money. Go spend money. Get relevant again, for God's sake. You have to. You have to. Uh, this cornerback, I mean, I'm hearing a lot of good things to you, actually. He's 6'2", 190. Sauce Gardner, the kid out of Cincinnati. Um, you know, they actually made the playoffs this year, so that's something to be said. Um, maybe they will draft him, but um, no, yeah, I'm with you. I'm in the trenches. All right, how about the Patriots? They have the 21st pick, uh, Damian. Um what would you go after first? They did make the playoffs last year. Uh, not explosive on offense. So is that the direction you're looking? Definitely. Wide receiver. Uh, try to get more explosive there. They have a good old line. Uh, good running attack. Wide receiver. 
uh, defensive wise, they may look at cornerback as well because just over the years you just need to replenish that position. But wide receiver for sure. I'm pretty much with you. Uh, yeah, I got to say, um, looking whatever I did, I wrote wide receiver first, cornerback, then offensive line. Nikki, what they have projected over here on this one is um, a wide receiver, Jamison Williams out of Alabama. Of course, Alabama is great with everything. Um, I wouldn't have a problem if New England went that route, if they really believed in him, because they only got Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, and they pretty much just started their tight ends. So if you want Mac Jones to step up, yeah, give him help over there. But the loss of J.C. Jackson and the way that Bill Belichick thinks, I think they may go for a corner if there's one there that they really like. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, they definitely need a wide receiver. They don't have a true number one. Um, but I also think they need some speed at the linebacker position. So don't overlook that. Okay. that Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, they, they need they need everything. Uh, what's Mike saying? Uh, Jets drafting cheeses. He's omnipresent, meaning he can play multiple positions and cover multiple holes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, they're going to need his apostles as well, you know, to jump in on this one over here. You ain't kidding. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, um, yeah, that's the Jets, the Patriots. Yeah, wide receiver, corner. Uh, you can't go wrong with offensive line. Uh, the Bills have the 25th pick. Nikki, um, they're a great team, but I still think they can use a lot. Uh, according to this guy, they would be going after a cornerback from Washington named Trent McDuffie. Um, would you go cornerback if you're Buffalo with what happened with Tredavious White, or would you go in a different direction? No, no. I I would want to get some insurance in my secondary, so I think that's okay. what they need to do. Overall, though, I, I think they're in good shape. Like when we wrapped up the year, you know, as most of their guys are coming back, like that, a good majority of that team should be there, and they are pretty well rounded. But I just think you need some insurance in that secondary. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Again, J.C. Jackson, a, a guy who's hard to replace, the production that he put up last year, Damian, um, with the Bills. I wrote down a lot. I think they need help on the D line. Um, again, they're not, their salary cap is not great. So they're really going to have to do this through the draft D line. They need help on the O line. They can use another wide receiver. They can use a running back. Um, they have, um, what is this? They draft two late rounds. Um, I'm sorry. I wrote a note to myself that they, that they should draft the running back maybe in like the later rounds, like four through seven. Um, but to begin with, um, I still think they're a hold as good of a team that they are. I feel like Josh Allen has covered up some holes that they have. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Definitely, for sure. The one that okay. comes to mind is running back. But you wouldn't go running back in the first round unless no. they're like super special. Yeah, unless um, you're Najee Harris, who had a great yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Someone of that stature. Uh, and I haven't heard anything about any running backs being that good in this draft. Mm-hmm. But you're always going to find good running backs later on, though. Like, that's right. the problem with running back is that – Unfortunately, for the top tier running backs, is always seems like they could be replaced. Um, yeah, so man, that, I'm with you. I'd rather have Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round. You know, yeah, like 49 exactly. I'll take yeah, that. Exactly. You, can, you can do that. So definitely look for that diamond in the rough at running back later in the draft. Early mm-hmm. on, I could see them going after an elite shutdown corner for sure. Yeah, it does make sense. <clears throat> it does make sense for them to get a corner, uh, a cornerback. So. We'll see. Uh, again, we'll figure out who's available. We're not going to go over all that stuff right now, obviously. Uh, the last team, and then we're going to close out AFC East Needs, and then we're going to do Mount Playa Playa, and D's going to take that one over in a second. So we got the Dolphins, who got the 49ers' first overall pick this year and for the next 25 years, but it's the 29th pick this year. 
And uh, the Dolphins, yeah, they can use a running back. I don't think that they'll pick one with the 29th pick. Uh, I doubt that. Like, again, they can get one later on, guys. Uh, but, Nikki, I'm thinking for the Dolphins, you even mentioned it before, a linebacker would help them out. Um, I'm down with that. An edge rusher would definitely help them out. And, of course, all line. So they got money to spend. But in the draft with the 29th pick, you're obviously not going to get a top-tier guy. But um, they're looking at a wide receiver, uh, maybe Drake London from USC, six foot four, 219 pounds. I mean, that's great. You want to give two a weapons. Um, but what would you do? Would you go offense? Would you go defense? And even in the later rounds, what are you thinking for the Miami Dolphins? No, they need – well, first of all, they need to decide what they're doing with Tua. Like, is this your guy? Like, are we giving him another year with a new head coach and we're trying this? Like, Well, they won't be that. sure this year. This year for sure. We'll see. I mean, like, what if he has two shitty games? Are they going to yank him out? Like, you know, I mean, we'll we'll see. But uh, give this kid an offensive line, please. Like, I don't know why we're going wide receiver. Again, fix the offensive line. All right. All right. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Offensive line. Uh, again, you can't go wrong. I mean, well, you can go wrong. You can go, you draft a bad one. But, uh, you know, that's what you want to do. You know, again, we've been talking about it uh, for the Dolphins. Mike's saying before anything, uh, they need an owner first and foremost. And uh, just yeah. real quick, I wanted to see what you said about the Pats. Yeah, they need help in the secondary for sure and the Bills to get another corner. So, yeah, he's agreeing with uh, with uh, what we were saying, actually. That's what smart people do. You know, they agree with each other. <laughs> That's what happens. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so for the Dolphins with their 29th pick, what they're going to do, what do you think they're overall going to do, what's what's the deal? Uh, they're another team that could use a go-to running back. But, yep. again, you can find that later on in the draft. So I think in that first round it should be O-line for sure unless there's a stud wide receiver there that they can go to. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely something that they need that O-line to protect Tua and see and give him a fair shot to see if he is the answer and see if that, you know, it doesn't translate to not the answer in German like Mike Patton like is saying. So right. we, can, we can see if Tua is that guy if you give him a true offensive line. And also having a coaching staff that's behind him. I do think that's one thing that Brian Flores didn't do well with support Tua. So well if, said. Tua, if Tua has that coach staff behind him and that O-line that can protect them, maybe you see a whole different level. He did play well at times mm -hmm. last year. He did. Look, they went on an eight-game winning streak. I know a lot of that had to do with the defense, but they had to put points on the board, and they did. You know, again, Tua, not explosive, but he's not turning the ball over, and they're efficient. You know, it's yeah. I, again, I like Tua. Is he a Super Bowl guy? That's another question for another time. I, I really don't know about that one. But, um, okay, so that is the AFC East needs. We're going to do AFC North next week. And we have one more segment for you guys. And this show has been wonderful so far. I've loved every minute of it. But, D, we got now play a play to go. Yes. So if you've been listening to the show, that means that you've already ordered from Meatworks. You have your Reeboks coming in. You're going to be comfy in your Reebok clothes. So when you're comfy eating a nice steak, what goes with the nice steak and the comfy clothes? A cold beer, right? And the way to get that beer without having to go anywhere is to order from Beer Drop. Now, Beer Drop will have beers delivered to you. It's all different types of beers, local, you know, international, all types of beers delivered to you that you can try at a very cheap price by going to 33podcast.com. Like Nikki said earlier, you'll see our ads that you can scroll over. First, get your Meatworks, get the Reebok, and then go ahead and have the beer delivered to you. So what's better than having a nice steak in your comfy Reebok clothes 
add that beer from beer drop by going to third and three podcast.com mm. love it oh dude that is so well done i love the way you mixed in everything right there Talk, talking about me nikki what i did before that was perfection right there well done. <laughs> well done. i appreciate professionals. it professionals learn from the <laughs> desk over here love it love it love it all right my man well it's your show right here you take it away who goes first Yes. Yeah, so this week on Mount Player Player, thanks to the ideas from these two guys, we're doing our top four movie characters. I can't wait to hear this. Uh, let's start with Jay this week. Who's your number four on your Mount Player Player of movie characters? Let me tell you how much, first of all, I struggled like crazy because I have so many favorite movie characters and I will give you honorable mentions at the end. But I had to narrow it down to four and I'm telling you, it was so hard to do because there's so many great ones out there. And I can't wait to hear your guys. I really can't. It's Nikki, yours. I, I know you've seen like two movies. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm like, you struggled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it's easy for you. You've seen two movies. So just take two characters from each movie and you're good to go. But all right, I had a problem. But, you know, I went with ultimately Jules Winfield. Who's Jules Winfield? Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction. I freaking love that character. His, um, what do you call it? Um, what do you, what's his, when you, when you speak solo, um, monologue, monologue, yeah. his monologue, uh, you know, and I will, I am the Lord and I will lay my vengeance upon the, uh, forget about it. Guy is great. I know that he's not in the entire movie, but his character is cool as hell. I love the way that he talks to uh, John Travolta in the movie. Like, I'm picking up, scrapping up fucking brain. I'm, why am I on brain detail? You get back here and scrap this motherfucker's head up. And I'm going to get up there and watch the I mean, just, he's great. He's just a great actor, a great character. And I loved every second. And again, people forget the last scene when they're in the restaurant and Travolta goes to, you know, take a number two. And Samuel Jackson takes over the whole damn thing. Sit down. Uh, what does he call him? Um... Uh, Ringo, <laughs> Ringo, <laughs> Ringo, sit down. We're going to talk about this. You can have my wallet, but you ain't taking my case. Get the hell on out of here. Great character. So that's my number four. Okay. Now, nah, it's a really good number four right there. Classic movie, Pulp Fiction. Nikki, have you seen Pulp Fiction? No. <laughs> the, dis- the disappointment will only Jeez. grow from here. That's why I exist. <laughs> another another really one. Disappoint you guys. have to write it down again. Again, I mean, my God, I know what I'm. You're getting for Christmas this year. Every movie that was ever created. It's the off season. We homework needs to be done, Nikki. Yeah, we need I, to know, get I started Love Is Blind, and I'm hooked now on season two, and so oh. that's what I'm watching. Once you finish right. it, we definitely have to talk about it on the show, though. Love Is Blind had me hooked as, as well, so I can't. By the way, D, thanks to you, I'm hooked on. Um, I was about. I don't want to say it that way. I'm hooked on the show Euphoria. Very good. <laughs> Euphoria is really good as well. Euphoria is a really good show. So we can do yeah, a recap good. of Euphoria and we can do a, a recap of Love is Blind as well once Nikki is no doubt. Sure. Yeah. So let me really quick. I know that we're on uh, Matt Play Play, but you've Matt, uh, Matt Euphoria. Listen to me. There's Matt. Euphoria. <laughs> Euphoria. Um, second season is finished. Yeah, it's finished. Are they on the third season yet? No. So the okay. first season, they say they won't be taping it until next year, actually. Oh, really? Okay. Well, then yeah. I got plenty of time. Okay. Okay, cool. So, Nikki, who's your number four for movie characters? Oh, my God. Okay, so I had to, like, give myself, like, a category. So, since it's a women's month, I figured I'd put four women characters that are, like, badass and inspiring. Non-superheroes, right? Because that's, like, easy. So, my number four is Aaron Brockovich because... Wow. Oh, true story. 
I yeah. like, that's part of my problem with movies is I don't like stories that aren't true, you know, or if it's based on a true story, I'll probably watch it. Um, but anyway, just the fact that like she was working at this law firm and came across this contaminated water and had no education, but just persevered. And, you know, she was like, damn everybody, like, this is not right. And she fought for those people and she gave them a voice and she just, you know, haters be damned. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And she got them justice. She was instrumental in that case. That's a great one. Not to mention she was slamming in that movie. Oh my God. Was she hot. <laughs> See, that was the best part of the movie. I mean, they just, you know, Accentuated everything. It, well, oh my god! And I loved you. Hey, look at Yes, they did. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, it's, it's very. It is very true, though. Uh, it, everything was put to its best form, if you will. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they, they did it right, man. They got the right angles. That's for sure in that movie. God, <laughs> she looked fantastic. Oh man. Yeah, Mike. We're gonna read yours out. Um, yeah, he started. Mike started watching Euphoria as well. All right, love it. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to talk about that when we're done. I'm on the last episode of season one, so we're gonna have to talk about that. All right, cool. So who are we up? D, we got your number four now. Yeah, so my number four gotta go to classic Smokey from Friday. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Classic character, so many quotable lines from the movie. Like people still say them to this day. Anytime somebody gets knocked out, you just got knocked the f out. Like it's <laughs> yeah. so many classic classic line. lines yes. from Smokey. Uh, whenever a coach gets fired, how you get fired on your day off? <laughs> right. <laughs> trying to go to clubhouse. Like it's so many classic lines from, and it's crazy because Chris Tucker to this day says he still gets asked about doing another Friday, and it's been twenty five oh, years now. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it lets you know how classic of a character that is. So for my Absolutely. number four, gotta go with Smokey from Friday. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. Oh, beautiful. Yep. And they kept it going even when, uh, you know, Smokey wasn't there anymore. They still kept the line going. Absolutely great. Uh, it was Mike's number four is uh, Prince in Purple Rain. Interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. In the, in the water. What's the lake's name? What was the lake's name? Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, why don't I know? I'm terrible. We know Nikki doesn't know. That's for sure. I don't even know. <laughs> I was like, okay. See if Mike can get it for us. But all right, so Mike's three is that's a great one. Axel Foley in Beverly that's Hills. That's that's great. All right, cool. All right, D, take it over. So, what's your number three, Jay? My number three. Uh, let's see. What did I do for number three? What's going on my screen over here? Okay, here we go. Um, Yeah, uh, you guys probably didn't see this one coming, but I thought both movies were great, the way that they basically were one movie, and the star of the movie was amazing. She's a woman. She's an incredible actress. She's also in Pulp Fiction. That would be Uma Thurman as Beatrix Kiddo in Kill Bill. What a character. The revenge story of everything. I mean, slicing up motherfuckers with that... With that, with that Japanese steel, I mean, it was great. She was great in it. I mean, just, again, her acting was fantastic. The story was great. The action scenes, I loved every part of it, and I thought that she absolutely nailed that role because she is she's one of the greatest actresses that has ever lived. She does not get enough credit, um, Uma Thurman, as far as I'm concerned. She's an excellent actress who can do anything, and I think she just absolutely nailed it in that movie. So that'd be my three. I like that pick at number three right there. Who's your three, Nikki? Uh, my three is um, Gracie Hart in Miss Congeniality. Sandra Bullock. 
<laughs> okay. Right. okay. I, well, well, first of all, I love that she, you know, she's badass FBI agent. She goes undercover, like stop a terrorist attack. Um, yeah. But she's also Miss New Jersey in the movie, so hold special place in my heart. There you, okay, I dig it. I get it. <laughs> nah, I, I like I like that a lot for sure. So for my number three, you guys know this movie is close to my heart. Gotta go with my name is Willie. Willie. Oh Willie. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> from, yeah. 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 From any yeah. given yeah. Sunday, Jamie Foxx absolutely kills that role, playing a quarterback who was a late round pick who suddenly becomes a starter and now is a star and it goes to his head. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. To, yeah. There we go. Lake Minnetonka. That's Minnetonka it there. That's why I'm going <laughs> to put it up. Yep. You got it. Thanks, Mike. But yeah, Willie Beeman absolutely kills that role, man. Uh, it's and it's actually like the comedy all combined with some of the serious lines from the movie as well. So gotta love that one from mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx playing Willie Beeman in Any Given Sunday. And he's such a great actor too. He really is another guy who he's very eccentric the way that he acts. He could do anything for sure, for sure. So now let's move on to number two. We have Mike Patton with T'Challa from. Black Panther. Excellent. Uh, excellent character. Well played by Chadwick Boseman. Rest in peace to Chadwick. Uh, can't wait to see what they do with the next Black Panther to see how they yeah. go about having that role filled or do they fill that role. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do there. But T'Challa will live on forever for sure. I almost don't even want them to figure. You can't I, I just, You can't have another Black Panther, I feel like. I mean, yes, yeah. they will make another Black Panther movie, of course. But ah, it just—he's Black Panther. Ah, yeah, killer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be emotional for sure. I know they're going to do something in it to pay tribute to him. So probably, I already, yeah. I already know I'm going to cry <laughs> when I when I go watch it for sure. You know what? I had that kind of thing. Um, and Nikki, I know you have no idea what I'm talking about, but the Fast and Furious movie when Paul Walker died, um, oh, yeah, and sure. they, and this and they came out with Fast Seven. Yeah, that the was tough. Scene. At the end of the movie, if you know they drive away, to, I was I was like. Forget it. Get me out of here, man. I was crying. Like, and then the song that uh, they had with Wiz Khalifa that went perfectly with it. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes, it did. It, it did. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, they, they really nailed that one. You ain't kidding. You ain't kidding. Good call. So what's your number two, Jay? All right. My number two, as my computer's acting slow for some reason. Oh, okay. Um, I could not get over this character. I Talk about an acting jo- I I'm really into how great they act as much as I'm into the character. But this character has been played over and over and over and over I again. I know where you're going with this one, yeah. You do, right? Heath yeah. Ledger, the Joker. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Holy shit. What an unbelievable job. And I, I like Batman. I'm not like the biggest Batman freak in the world or anything like that. But yeah. holy crap. I, what? I, he was, You didn't want to take your eyes off him every second. It's like you didn't even know it was Heath Ledger acting. Like you had no idea who was back there. And, you know, we know he had the accent. And, again, another guy, may he rest in peace. What a job. And, again, we've seen Joker after Joker after Joker. And you put Jack Nicholson in that, you know, category. He don't even come close to what Heath Fletcher did. All right? Yeah. So blown away, blown away by that by that performance completely. Yeah, now amazing performance. I will have to give uh, Joaquin Phoenix some love. He did good. Yeah, yeah he, he definitely did a great job in the, the newest Joker movie. It's going to be interesting to see if they bring the Joker back in his new Batman series that they're right. doing. Yeah, um, I thought Jared Leto did a good job. He was different, but I thought he did a good job as the Joker. Yeah, 
No, he definitely did as well. They've been some good jokers, but Heath Ledger definitely takes the the lead as the best Joker of all time. Hell sure. yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. That was absolutely nuts how he played it. Oh. Uh, but, hey, if you guys are looking to see the new Batman movie, I did watch it. Very oh. long. Very oh. long. But <laughs> it's, wor- it's, worth, it's worth watching. Uh, it didn't have to be three hours. But it's, <laughs> but it's a very good movie, and I like the way they tell the story of the Riddler in this one. So it's a, oh, it's a really really? Good, really good movie, and the Riddler's story is really good. So thank you, guys. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was wondering. I, I didn't see this, you know, vampire, you know, Twilight dude being Batman, Nikki. But all right, Damien says he pulled it off. Yeah, no, it was, well, it was good. I, whatever you guys say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I never your... saw Twilight. I did see The Dark Knight with Heath, Heath Ledger, but uh, there you go. I haven't yeah. seen any Batman since that. I've never seen The Twilight Guy. I, I don't know. I've never seen Twilight either. Okay. <laughs> when they, you know, I, I had a girlfriend, you know, as I had to <laughs> We've all we've all been dragged. Yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> it happens. So, what's your number two, Nikki? Oh, uh, Miranda Priestly. So, Meryl Streep and The Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. Love her because I think I see a lot of my leadership style in her. Right, like don't raise voices, and you know, you just kind of like you just tell people you're disappointed in them, and then they want to like shit their pants, like oh shit, like I'm not even getting yelled at, just that epic, like I'm disappointed in you. Um, and you know, she is based on Anna Winter, who is the editor in chief for Vogue, so again, kind of based on you know a real person. Um, I just think she played that part perfectly. She's a badass. She kind of put her career before, you know. She had family and kids, but, you know, she put her career above everything else. So, again, she said haters be damned. She's always 10 steps ahead of everybody and <laughs> built an empire. Okay. Nah, that, yeah, I love that for sure. Definitely an amazing story there. So, for my number two, this one might be a surprise to people, but I feel like this character has to be on on somebody's list because this character's been around for so long. I'm not even a big fan of the movies. I've seen a couple of them. But this character just lived on forever. Go with James Bond. Like, ah, okay, the okay. James Bond character has lived since when? The fifties? Like it just yeah, yeah has been much. around for forever and right. been played by even many before Sean Connery. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's been around forever, and somehow it keeps reinventing itself. And you have to give credit to that in that character. Is what you have to give credit to. Uh, some people have played it a lot differently than others, um, but I feel like there hasn't really been a bad one, honestly, uh, that I can think of. You know, there's been some that people that are huge fans of it have pointed to and be like, I didn't like this guy or that guy. But for the James Bond movies I've seen, they've always entertained action, hot girls. I'm a simple guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so James Bond movies always entertain me. So I'm going to go James Bond at number two. Uh, so now let's get to number one. Uh, Mike had Turbo from Breaking at number How one. That? <laughs> that? Gotta love that right there. Yeah. Good throwback reference right there. I like the 80s references we got from Mike with Turbo, Alex, <laughs> Axel Foley, and Prince and Purple Rain right there. Absolutely. So you gotta love that. Absolutely. We're so showing our age. Who do you have at number one, Jay? My number one is the funniest character I've ever seen. And it came close because there are a lot of other funny characters and I don't want to steal anybody's thunder, so I'm not going to say anybody else's name. But 
I'm wondering if he's number one on your guys' list too. Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. Holy freaking <laughs> Moses. I mean, it, it's it's just him. It's raw it's basically Ryan Reynolds being himself, acting crazy. I mean, you know how much I love cursing, and they say fuck every two seconds. I, I absolutely love it. and his character is just great. I mean, I love it. he comes into the room in Deadpool too, and he's like you know, she's like, you know, why are you late? Well, I was fighting another Cape Batman, a uh, Cape Batman too, and it turns out his name is Martha as well. Like, I mean, like the lines that come out of that are just absolutely incredible. And when we talk about '80s references, I mean, talk about a segue. '80s references up the freaking kazoo in that movie. It is great. I mean, he calls James Brolin, uh, what, whatever, what's it, Josh Brolin? All right. He calls him One-Eyed Willie in that movie, and for God's sake, he was in Goonies. Why? Wow. <laughs> I mean, wow. How did they do? Blows me away. So the the I mean, just the script in that movie alone just took me to a whole other level. I'm like, you have just got to be kidding me. Funniest character I've ever seen in my entire life, and in both one and two, he just he nailed it. Nailed it. Nah, I love that pick right there. Big fan of Deadpool movies. Nikki, I don't know if you've seen those, but you would be a fan of all the cursing. You love him. <laughs> Nick, you would love him. All joking aside, not even picking on you, you would yeah. love these movies. Yeah. Forget about superhero stuff. It's not about that. It's yeah. excellent. Excellent. It is. Deadpool is very, very funny. So I love that pick number one, Jay. Who do you have Thanks. at number one, Nikki? L. Woods, of course. Legally <laughs> Blonde. No, but listen, like she, come on, remember, like she starts the movie, she's like devastated, her boyfriend breaks up with her, she thinks she can't like function in life, then, you know, she gets into law school, and boy, does she prove everybody wrong, so she's like a feminist representative, but in a very modern way, where, hey, you can do it on your, you know, yourself, you can stand on your own two feet, you don't need a man to get you there, and at the end, she's valedictorian, so, (laughs) in her own way, incredibly inspiring, I'm not saying I can get into law school, but, you know, if there's something you want, go for it. Damn, there you go, I like it. Nah, I, I like that as well, very inspiring. Definitely got to love that about it. So for my number one character, based on a true story as well, Coach Boone, played by Denzel Washington, oh, remember the Titans. Great. Classic performance from Denzel Washington. Should have won an Oscar that year. He ended up getting it the next year, I believe, for training day. But, man, yes. unbelievable, unbelievable performance from Denzel. Anytime Remember the Titans comes on, if I'm flipping channels, no matter where it is in the movie, I'm stopping. I'm I agree. watching it. Like, I agree. Absolutely great movie. I love that his playbook only has six plays. Like, right. It's gonna right. work though. <laughs> like, he's like, it's a thin playbook. Like, you don't need that many plays. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's, good. it's not a pass. So stop it. <laughs> I love it. Great. Yeah, no, nah, Coach Boone, great, like I say, great inspiring story from that. And Denzel kills every character. You could easily put his character from training day on this list as well. I got uh, another one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Denzel in Remember the Titans, my number one character of all time. I really like doing this list, man. I this was a fun list. I feel like we could have made like 10 each. Well except for Nikki. You know, but <laughs> uh, four we, was we, enough. Four was hard enough. I know. I know. But this is fun because I had yeah. you know I don't I don't want to take up time over here, but I'll go through just a few real quick honorable mentions. If you've seen Back to the Future, you gotta love Doc Brown. Great. Yeah. Just great. 
I, I think one that should have been in there for one of us, but, you know, it didn't make the cut, and that's fine, is uh, Russell Crowe as Maximus in Gladiator. That was freaking awesome. Never saw it. Oh, okay. That's another one. Uh, speaking of... Well, that uh, is pretty long, though, so it, we'll, we'll it is a long movie. But <laughs> I'm not watching long movies. Let's just get that out of the way. Like, I'm not doing it. got to watch them in, like, three different it. parts. That's it. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, if you ever seen Man on Fire, speaking of Denzel Washington, oh. is John Creasy. Creasy? Wow. He, he was great in that. Um, I love Ghostbusters, so Bill Murray, Dr. Venkman. And I love Morgan Freeman as Ellis Boyd Redding, Red in Shawshank Redemption, another one of my favorite characters. So had to throw them in there, along with Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes and White Man Can't Jump. Oh. <laughs> them together was White great. Man Can't Jump, one of my favorite movies. Oh. Definitely. Uh, Sydney is one of the best characters of all yes, time. Yes, Sydney! <laughs> <laughs> For sure, for sure. Oh, Rosie Perez actually uh, tweeted me back on Twitter a few weeks ago because she's a huge boxing fan. Oh, no kidding. And, yeah, and I was talking about boxing, and she retweeted my tweets. So that was that was like, talk about coming full circle. I had um, the biggest crush on Royce Perez because of White right, Men Can't Jump. Right, right. her tweeting me about boxing. You couldn't tell uh, me anything that day. Oh, that's <laughs> great, man. That's excellent. I love that. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I like that a lot. Very cool. Oh, man, this is oh. fun. My yeah, pa- Brandon sure. Lee is the crow. Very interesting. Another tragic death like his father. Yeah. It could have put Bruce Lee in there for, you know, the, uh, uh, which one is it? Return of the Dragon? Oh, yeah. God. Or Enter the Dragon? Yeah, there's a whole bunch. Wow. Oh, yeah. There's lots of great characters. Uh, yeah, this was fun. I like this a lot. Glad we did this one. Yeah, a lot of great characters. You mentioned uh, Woody Harrelson. I just rewatched Zombieland the other day. He's great oh, in Zombieland. That's Tallahassee. Yeah, <laughs> like is a he's a great character in that uh, amazing that killing zombies and the the range he shows in that movie is kind of underrated. So I want to put that one in there. No, he's ext- he's an under very underrated actor. Have you guys yeah. seen um uh, the magic movie? Uh, oh God, uh, now you see me. Now you now you see me. Now you don't. Very good. Very oh, awesome. Good yeah, awesome. Both of those. Yeah. Yeah, Nikki, I think that you would honestly really enjoy that. It's it's, yeah. it's very cool. Like a smart, witty type movie. You know. Like you, you're smart and you're witty, you know? Thanks. I think go. you enjoy Zombieland, too. Zombieland? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just start watching stuff. Just pretend you're sick for like I a week. I have to finish Love is Blind. You don't understand. Now I'm I don't where, understand. What, where are you at? Like, what's the last thing that happened on Love is Blind? Where are you at? Uh, So Shayna just met Kyle for lunch, and then I had to pause it to do something for work, so I had to finish that episode. Okay. Like, she, like, pieced out in Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So once you finish, we finished it. Like we, so once you finish it, we'll definitely have a recap on the show. Yeah. Once you finish Euphoria, we'll definitely do a Euphoria recap as well. I know that. Off season, we might as well get and show our range, do some TV. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're going to, we're going to always keep it fun on this show that we know we're going to have a lot of fun. No matter what the yeah. hell's going on, we will have fun. There's no doubt about it. And yeah, ended off with the comments, Mike, I just want to be Hakeem and coming to America. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That would be a pretty good guy to be if you had to pick someone in your life. The ruler of Zamunda, uh, I'll take it. I'm down. No My doubt. My favorite part of the movie, he comes outside. Good morning. Yes. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you. Fuck you too. Yes. 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 Fuck <laughs> you too. It's great. One of my favorite parts in that movie also is where he just walks in the middle of the street, a car is coming, he goes, halt! Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
like, like stops the car. The guy gets out and he goes, you stupid fuck. <laughs> no, he goes, you dumb fuck. And then later yeah. on he goes, what does dumb fuck mean? <laughs> oh, man. Coming oh, to America is definitely so a classic. classic. Oh, my God. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> I used to go around in middle school and be like, like, like the royal penis is clean, your highness. Like, I used to, <laughs> 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 like, oh, man, coming to America, the lines from that movie, man. The, uh, some of the greatest. Some yeah. of the absolute greatest. Wow. All right, Mike's saying we should check out DC Titans. Um, I've heard good stuff about that, actually. I've heard good stuff about that, too. Yeah. And love Starfire, okay? All right, so we got some shows to watch, uh, especially Nikki. And Nikki, speaking of you, mm-hmm. you are the reality show queen, so tell yes. everybody what is up. What is up? You guys can find me on Twitter at Nikki Nick 9384. Monday, what do we have? We have Below Deck. Tuesday, yesterday, we had Real Housewives of New Jersey, where it seems like the husbands are the real husbands of New Jersey. They're getting all this screen time and having solo dinners and starting drama like messy bitches. It's <laughs> I will catch up on Real Housewives of Orange County. And like I've been saying all episode long i just got sucked into love is blind so i can't wait to finish that all right very cool very cool i just want to say real quick d before you go that richmond web uh, you know gave us a shout out and thanked us and we thank him very much again for him coming on the show that was absolutely great love getting inside the mind of an nfl player and especially someone in his stature who i can't wait to see wearing that gold jacket one day it will happen oh for sure thank you again rich for coming on really appreciate yeah. it uh, and like you said, definitely got to be in the Hall of Fame one day soon. Oh, it's criminal day is not in yet, for sure. Uh, it, it, it's silly, but yeah, yeah, we can spend a lot of time on that. But uh, yeah, he'll be in, and when he gets in, um, we'll be the first show that he comes on, no doubt about it. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. But uh, D, you've been doing some amazing things as always, bro. And uh, I love uh, reading and I love listening to you and then tweeting it out. And you get a lot of reactions all the time, man. You do a freaking fantastic job. Oh, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. You, so, yes, you can find me on all social media platforms at the Real Deal WDA. That's the Real Deal W as in whiskey, D as in Delta, A as in Alpha on all social media platforms. My podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. Put the full thing, The Real Deal with Damian Adams, like a pimp named Slickback, and yes. you'll find it on any podcast platform. And you also can find my work, my written work on third and three podcast.com great articles coming from jason and nikki i try and you <laughs> no you do you're fantastic man excellent so really go ahead and check us out man like i always say keep that good content coming in your life you don't want to be stuck trying to choose like shane on love is blind you can <laughs> just go ahead and pick us and pick our content and keep it in your life where you won't be stuck and you won't just leave some guy on vacation in Mexico. So <laughs> you'll, you'll go ahead and have that good content in your life by checking out both this podcast and mine, The Real Deal with Damian Adams. No doubt. No doubt. And uh, yeah, I put some mic saying also uh, Calvin really take when they got on up first with Damian Adams. Yep. Yep. Uh, Calvin really we didn't even get a chance to talk about him today, but I did yesterday on the Power 32 podcast, which I do sporadically. I don't do it much, but yesterday, um, we honestly, me, uh, with uh, Brian T. Jones Sr., you guys know him. Um, he's in uh, you know a lot of chats with us and whatnot, so he was good enough to come on. We were going to do it, not yesterday, but the day before. He's like, you know what, let's uh, let's do it tomorrow. Two o'clock is a good time, and 
holy crap, the timing was amazing because first it was Aaron Rodgers and then we got Russell Wilson. We're like, whoa, we didn't see this coming at all. So we went on for an hour and a half without breathing. So we had a great time. Uh, Power 32 podcast. I'm going to try to do more of it. And again, Power 32 is 32 NFL teams. So it's about every team in the league. So that's predominantly what it's all about. But third and three is my home, baby. And again, big things happening on third and three podcasts. You guys get to that website. Get on the bracket. Let's do this. Click on it. Create your team. And we'll get the bracket going when it comes out. And what, if you, in a week from now, whatever it is. Yeah. So lots of stuff going on there. We got the beer drop, the meat works. We got the Reebok. We got the articles, the podcast. I mean, what more do you freaking want? Go there. You got it. You're in sports heaven. You got your drinks. You got your food. And you got your freaking sneakers. I mean, we got it for you. Just go. That's all you need to do. Click on some shit. That's all you got to do. We got it for you. Third and three all over the place. And before we get out of here, Nick, do you know anything about Mike is saying? Do you guys know uh, watching um, Queens Brandy and Old Girl from Power on there? So Queens is a show where it's a old rap group that's coming back together. Oh, Brand- oh yeah. right, right. Okay. Yeah, I have to watch. I didn't start that show. That's definitely one I want to watch with Brandy, Eve. Um, the girl That's- he's talking about is one from the group uh, 3LW who also played the mom on Power. Uh, so okay. I yeah, I definitely need to watch that one for sure. It looks like an entertaining show, so I need to go ahead and catch up on that one for sure. Yeah. Brandy, how about that, man? She's got, was she like 40 now or something? I can't. Yeah, yeah she's got to be in her 40s now, but that still looks amazing. She killed she, the she um, national anthem as well when she did in the playoffs. So yeah. you got to love that. Right. No question. No doubt. Yep. Always, always a Brandy fan. No doubt about it. All right. Um, yep. I am Sports Profit. Uh, check me out at Sports Profit One. Everything is third and three podcast, and of course, the sports column. You got to check them out. They have our shows over there. But yeah, again, everything, like I said, on third and three, get over there. We will be back next Wednesday, and there will be a lot more players signed and a lot more to talk about. We went on for almost two and a half hours today. And it could have been a lot longer than that, but we spared Nikki over there a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> could have gone with some more players. But, uh, again, we have another show coming up next week. And definitely check out Damien in between, Nikki on the tweet. And uh, I'll try to get another Power 32 podcast with another guest in there coming up this week. So, guys, stay tuned. Uh, keep your eye on the uh, NFL Network and all that stuff. Get over to 3rd and 3. Have some fun. And, again, we appreciate you guys coming in. And, once again, big shout out. And thank you to, to Richmond Webb for coming on. Uh, made the show just that much better. So we appreciate everybody. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Nikki, do the wave. Bye. <laughs>